Attention! Scam! You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you... Come to Los Angeles. The sun shines bright, the beaches are wide and inviting, and the orange grove stretches far as the eye can see. There are jobs aplenty, and land is cheap. Every working man can have his own house, and inside every house, a happy all-American family. You can have all this, and who knows, you could even be discovered. Become a movie star, or at least see one. Life is good in Los Angeles. It's paradise on Earth. <laughs> That's what they tell you anyway. Get down to it, Poppers. 
Yeah, buddies. It's the Run of Fez show. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Ron Bennington. Fuck Ron Bennington. Fez Watley. Fuck Ron Bennington. Chris Stanley. Fuck Ron Bennington. And another guy, I don't remember his name. Fuck Ron Bennington. Yeah, I think it was Ron Bennington also. Fuck Ron Bennington. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. It's a weekday. It's definitely a weekday today. I know because I had off yesterday and I'm working today. That makes today, uh, without a doubt, one of the weekdays. Uh, normally, I start off the show with a... And then we get to hear, hey, great job, Pepper, on the Operation Ivy. I fucking rocked. Uh, but our own Fez Watley uh, had a terrible weekend. And... Uh, I talked to you for a second out front, Fezzy, and you're just on the edge. I am beyond on the edge. It is nervous breakdown, straight jacket, back to four, back to four wins time. You feel that bad? Yes, I feel that stressed. I feel that on the last nerve. And you've been this, you've gotten this way before, so you know it's not a game with you. Yeah, so I know exactly. Yeah, I've totally been this way before. Right. All right, so uh, fill us in. What happened over the weekend? Well, once again, for the second time in just over a month, uh, someone writes a fucking counterfeit check and steals from my bank account. Wow. Now, I just spent the last month changing up everything. Right. I had to close the account out after it happened the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, open up a new account, had to wait for new checks, had to get a new debit card, had to change all my online banking, had to change any sort of direct deposit stuff, which still isn't fixed, which still isn't right. Uh, that's still not done. Mm-hmm. And now I have to stop it all over again. I just got everything fixed, and now I got stolen from again. And sh- you know, shouldn't all that stuff protect you once you change your accounts? I would think so. I don't know what the problem... I mean, they're stealing from a certain account of mine. Mm-hmm. They're stealing from a checking account that I have. They're not stealing, like, off of credit cards. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, taking ATM withdrawals right. from me. There's nothing electronic going on. They're counterfeiting checks, counterfeiting my signature, and, and cashing these checks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and... And I, I, I can print out from my online banking, I can print out a copy of the checks that they're cashing. They have all my new information. I don't know. I, here's my thing. I don't know what they have that lets them get all the new information. Right. The new checking account number. And then, like I said, second time in just over a month that this has happened. And now what's happened again is I have to shut down that account. I have no access to that money. It's the end of the month. There's bills to be paid, and I got no access to that money. And beso- I mean, and on top of everything, someone is fucking stealing from me. Right. On yeah. a regular basis. That's the big thing. Never mind all the pain in the ass stuff, which stresses me out beyond belief. Someone is freaking stealing from me on a monthly basis. It's a violation. It's a violation. It totally is. And I don't know what they have that lets them do this. I mean, I didn't lose any credit cards. I didn't, you know, lose my driver's license. I didn't lose well, any checks. They're, they're signing these things as you? Yeah, they're signing my name to the check. All right. 
So it was, uh, and it's the same place they did it at? No, two different places. The first place was Niagara Falls. That was a month ago. And the second place? Providence, Rhode Island. And they're typing out these checks, making it, you know, payable to some name, some regular name. And then these people are going in these banks and cashing these checks. The first one was made out to a woman. Second one made out to a guy. All right, so no one is showing up in the bank saying that they're you trying to make a withdrawal. Right. Yeah. They're writing checks to whatever these names are. They're, I, I, I would imagine they're obviously not using their real names. So the bank is on this, right? Right, yeah. And the, so have they caught the person in Buffalo or no? Well, I have the claim number and everything, so I kept checking on that. Couldn't get through. Finally, I talked to someone about it, and they said, we can't give you any of that information. Uh, you filed a claim. We filled the claim, and that's the end of the story for you. So we can't tell you any more information about what's going on because since I got my money back, uh, I'm out of the picture. Right. And your problem is... Um you know, beyond, it has nothing to do with the money. All your fucking banking is fucked up. Now. Again, yes. And one more time. I And they're like, and so I go, I asked the lady to, this morning, what happened? What do I do now? And she's like, well, do what you did before. Close out the account and open a new one. I go, well, that obviously doesn't protect me. Hmm. Who have you written the new checks to? All right, since I've opened the new account, I've I've written two checks out of that checkbook. Uh, one was to uh, for my rent, and one was for the psychiatrist. Hmm. It seems like everything else I've done with the online banking, right? You know the the electronic transactions. I don't know how any of that stuff would work. I mean, number one, you're okay because they're not, you know, you're not losing your money. Right. But it's fucking you up because you constantly have to change things. Yeah, every month I'm having to change everything. You got bills due and everything. And Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, people, you know, with the, with the whole Eastside Dave thing and people calling me paranoid... I think I've got reasons to be paranoid in my life when things like this happen to me. When someone's actually stealing from money out of my account. I think I have reason to be paranoid about other things in my life when things like this are happening to me. And I'm, I'm you know, and I'm convinced that this is a listener doing it. That some, maybe some of my information got out on the air or something. Whether it's my name or an address. I mean, because things have happened in the past. I'm not fucking paranoid. People are stealing from me. Months ago, my parents were getting harassing phone calls at their home. I never brought that up on the air. But I'll tell you what. If it is somebody that's listening to this show, you're going to fucking jail. Because now I'm not... I'm not I'm not letting I'm not letting the bank just handle this because they're not going to tell me what's going on. We got a we got a security department here at Sirius. You know what? I'll spend the money to find out who's doing this. 
I'll hire whoever I have to, whatever service. If I have to go to a cop, if I have to find a lawyer, I mean, I don't know what you do. I have no idea. Just pay me the money. Mr. Bennington's hunt him down. I'll give it to you because this is going to stop. Somebody's going to jail over this. This isn't going to keep happening. Guess up. We're back in business. I'll take Flathead's help at this point. Oh, Jesus. You you don't want to pull a fucking thorn out of that, Paul. But somebody is going to jail over this. Well, someone's going to jail for the bank being involved. Uh That's a fucking felony offense. Right. Yeah, it is. It's felony time. Um, why don't you get out of that bank that you're in until... Oh, yeah, I got to do that, you know? I got to wait till I get my money back from this one, and then I'm just getting rid... Then I'm getting out of that bank. Now, I mean, here's my question. Does that solve my problems? Or do they find me in that... If if I go to a new bank, do they find me there, too, and keep stealing from me? I have absolutely no clue what to do. But your, your feeling is this... You're targeted that this isn't just somebody who, you know, gets money. You're feeling this is personal. I feel it's totally personal. It's absolutely personal. Like I said, harassing phone calls to my parents, harassing phone calls at my home in the past. You think these are the same people? I I do. I think it's it's, uh, somebody that's just really pissed at me and out to get me. I wouldn't have any doubt about it. Well, I will tell you this, that crosses a line. I think even the uh, the people that were doing the other harassments would think that that, was across the, that, that crossed the line. Mm-hmm. I would hope so, anyway. I, I, would, I would think so. But, you know, I can't uh, keep you from being angry. You have every right to be angry. I'd be fucking, I'd be redlining right now. I mean, this is stuff I don't talk about on the air, yeah. but... I got a nephew I'm putting through college. I know, buddy. But all, got, the, all, that, all that money's still there, though. Yeah. I just can't touch it now. Right. So that fucks up. And we're the last week of the month when everything's due. The kid's going back to school. I'm trying to help my sister out. I know. Who's had a hell of a dime the past two years. I know. And somebody thinks they can fuck with me like this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to keep happening. Someone is going to jail. I know, buddy. And they, and you're 100% right. You violate it right now. It's a violation. And I feel absolutely nuts from this. I paced the floors all night long. You didn't sleep last night? Not much. Because right now I feel absolutely powerless. Mm. I mean, I am getting the money back. Well, you're but, not without power. But it's, You have your power. First of all, you've got uh, the bank has got to do something about this for themselves. Right. So they're going to have people on it. Like you said, uh, we have security here, and then you also have the money to pay for uh, your own people to chase this down, find out. 
I just feel so fucked with. You're being fucked with. And I'm just on frickin' edge from it. Because it's like, what? I mean, I go back, at, I went back and forth all night long. You know, they can't help you at all on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, all you Can I get, tell you something? Regis says is, TD Bank. Uh-huh. TD Bank is open seven days a week. I'm taking a good long Regis look at him. So I have to go back and forth in my head, you know, do I go ahead and close out this account? Do I now it's like if there's any bills that I was paying online now that this account, that haven't cleared yet, those all bounce. Those all bounce back right. to the bank. Yeah. They don't get paid. Anything that's outstanding is screwed. Uh John in New York, John. Hey, hey, buddies, how you doing? Um, used to work in online banking for about 15 years, uh, one of the first guys to write it for a major bank. Fez, you got to do two things. One is check your computer for a keyboard tracker. Someone may have put something on your machine, so every time you switch accounts, uh, it's actually tracking all the passwords that you type in. That's one possibility. The other thing is don't worry about your things bouncing. Every time you use online banking, it's got a built-in guarantee that they warrant that all payments are made on time, so you're good for them. There's no such thing as a bounce check with online banking. If you had the okay. funds there at the time, you're, you're covered. The bank covers you. So whether it's Chase or Citibank or Capital One or any of those banks, they all have those guarantees that as long as you had money in your account when you scheduled the payment, you're okay. So you should stop worrying about that. That shouldn't be an issue. But I would recommend very strongly get rid of the computer that you have or – Better yet, save it and let a security expert go through it. Get then they'll find the other fucking places this fucker went. Yeah, and then and then just get a new computer yeah, for kitty porn. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, Fez, you ought to take an axe to that before the cops show up. That thing would be fucking spending tonight in the bottom of the East River. So now I'm gonna have to buy a new computer. Throw that on top of it. Just because this guy said it doesn't mean that you should. Uh, we didn't get a call from God, Fuzzy. We just got a call from a listener. The same, you know. You feel personally targeted, though? Yeah. Yeah, I feel this is aimed directly at me. That someone has gone out of their way to pick me out and steal from me. And why would they do that? Uh, they hate me. Whether they're pissed at me for something I've said on the show... Whether they're pissed at me for any sort of opinion I've taken. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it as the Rush Limbaugh type. They're not exactly out there changing policy. No, but I mean, you know, people... Trust me, I get enough hate email that I wouldn't doubt it's some listener. I see enough hate posts on ronfez.net. Trust me, I think there's plenty of suspects. Just from the listening audience. Make a list for me. Write a list down. This could go on for a while. 
It's um very fucking strange, though. Uh, here's Phil in New York. Hello? Yeah. This is Phil from Minnesota. Um, I actually went to jail for exactly what's happening to Fez. Um, I was in a group of people, and basically once we get to your routing number off of the bottom of a check, I can print out numerous checks and have numerous different people with fake IDs cash checks anywhere I want. So it, well, it's people working together. It could very well be. And, and as for being targeted, uh, we used to target people who we knew had money. If, if and, you know, you're in the radio business, you know, you make a substantial amount. Well, you know, he's partner. got that going against him. And then I was also saying this. Once you get into paying medical bills and shit like that, mm-hmm. um, and you have a bunch of different type of things in that uh, direction. Right. They might target, you know, invalids, older people, you know what I mean, that that they just see these, you know, medical bills, and they might be thinking these are the kind of people who won't keep up with stuff or will be too far fucking gone. Let me see your list. Uh, that's all I got so far. I was listening to that caller. I quit writing. But I think that's enough. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what it is. I mean, this is for thousands of dollars they're doing this for. And, you know, maybe they think that I won't notice it coming out. Uh, John, you're on a Fez. Yeah, Fez, I had a similar thing happen to me. And um, what it was was uh, the guy... Forged my name on the checks, and he had someone else, another guy, go to cash it. So he had to go. I had to go put file a police report in the city where the where the guy cashed the checks. They went. They put a warrant out for that guy because he had to show ID. They busted him. Then he ratted out the guy who stole the checks. They both wound up going to jail, not for very long because they didn't do it in a bank. They did it at like a. Um, I don't right, know well, hey, th- this is your life. Fez is working on his life right now. I, I got to figure that the bank are going to run these people down, Fez. I would hope so, but they refuse to tell me if they are or not. Uh, Sean in Georgia. Sean. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fez. One, you've done you've done libraries and stuff for stuff like LifeLock, where they take care of it for you if it happens, and also. Do you have a cleaning lady or anything or anybody that goes in your apartment and would be able to see your new checks? And Nobody goes in Watley's apartment. No, no, no one's been in there. That fucking apartment right now is like a tomb. Yeah. even the, You couldn't even look through a window. Me and the cat are the only ones in there. He's got the uh, world's best view, and then he has aluminum foil up like Elvis used to. And I don't want to spend the vacation going to Providence and Niagara Falls to uh, file police reports. Sounds like a nice time, though. <laughs> Providence is kicking this time of year, and Niagara Falls, let's face it, that's a 365 destination. By the way, if you do go up there, mm-hmm. stop by the Susquehanna Hat uh, Factory. It's fantastic. <laughs> There's a tour. You can leave there with a nice straw hat. Somebody, somebody's being uh, noticeably quiet today. 
Who, me? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ain't nobody else. Just letting Fez talk. Oh, that's a new one. Um, here is uh, here's Richard in Florida. Hey, uh, just a quick question. Hey, are these checks getting cashed at the bank? Yeah. Yep. All right. So what should happen is the bank has a video uh, system. That's true. The bank has a video system. We can just go back and look at it. So what are you going to do, Fez? Just drop this whole thing and forget about it? No. I mean, I'm turning it over to the security office here. At Sirius? At Sirius XM. And then I'm going to figure out how I have to pursue this on my own as well. What are you going to do, dog? Bounty hunt this fucker? If I have to, I will. You, uh, whoever you are, you're not stealing from me anymore. It's done. It's over. I'm not putting up with it. And I, I don't care if I have to, you know, go to Providence or Niagara Falls. I don't care. I'm going to do what it takes to get this done and get this person locked up so they quit stealing from me. Or people. Because yeah. Because it sounds like, you know, for the amount of checks that you were talking about, uh... That's a long haul from Buffalo back to Providence. It sounds like right. some team of fucking weirdos. It might not be personal at all, Fez. might be just, you know, the cost of fucking being in America in 2009. The cost of being online or whatever. It just feels like it. Feels like personal? It feels so damn personal. And you're really tying it in with harassing phone calls and bad posts. and Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it all goes together. I'm not being paranoid. All those things exist, people, including me getting robbed. There wasn't there 130 million people who got stolen from? Maybe it's something like that. Could be that uh, thing. I didn't write a check at the 7-Eleven. I know that. Eight six six Ron zero Fez eight six six Ron zero Fez uh, Bob Bob you're my Fez. Hey uh, Ron, it's uh, Bob, and uh, I was just going to tell Fez that um, we uh, at the fraud department. I work at a bank, and I work at a private bank, and there's a fraud department that he'll call after work. They'll spend all the time they want with him on the phone, and as long as he's willing to press charges against these people, he's not going to have to go up. You've to talked to your bank, right? Yes, I have spent hours on the phone with the bank, and they t they basically told me that if once they pay a claim, it's none of my business, and that and they actually told me I can never ever find out if they caught the person, if they prosecuted the person. They said it's the bank's business then, not mine. Well, that is the point. I mean, they're not really as hard for you as this for you to understand. They're not stealing your money. You're covered. They're stealing the bank's money. Mm-hmm. Right. But, I mean, the bank has to know that, I mean, I'm closing accounts, I'm opening accounts every single damn month. They're going to get stolen from again.
Yeah. Well, that's their business, though, to deal with. Yeah. And another reason why I think it's personal is I got stolen from the first checking account. And they the the people are so fucking brazen, they're doing it again. They could care less. They know they know the first one had to have been found out. And they're just doing it again. Right. They just don't care. Uh Shelly in Arizona. Hello. Yeah. Hey guys. Um Fez, I bet you anything it's either your wireless connection or somebody is tapped into your computer, like that other caller said. Mm-hmm. But I would switch to a credit union, one that fingerprints non-members, because uh, I used to work at credit unions, and that's how we would bust a lot of people that were doing check frauds. You know, uh, actually, I, I don't know how much information I should give out. The first check from back in July was uh, cashed at a credit union. So I don't know how safe that is either. Maybe we're just better off trying to figure out who this isn't. I'm willing to say it's not Dan LaRoe. I don't think it's Dan LaRoe. It's not Shower Bench. No, it's not, definitely not Shower Bench. Who rocks? Uh, GVAC. No. Is 100% clean here. Other than that, we're suspecting people. Yeah. Mo. Def Malmo. So you're going to help out now, huh? Um, yeah, if someone's stealing from you, that's not right. <laughs> I have nothing to do with this in case you're thinking about that. Otherwise, you'd see much more money in my bank account. I'm willing to help. I don't see your bank account. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Um, right, a lot of people uh, want to help you out here, Fez. We'll try some of them. Uh, here is uh, Christina. Christina, you're on run Fez. Hey, guys. Fez, I just wanted to say, you know, one of the first things to do if you feel like you've been violated, which you clearly have, is really to do something where you have the ability not to be a victim and to, and to retake control. So if the bank's not willing to give you information, I would be checking where the checks were cashed and finding out if they have filed reports or not. Because once it's in the hands of the police, public information, and you have a right to know what's going on and, and to take steps to protect yourself and your assets. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. If you file a, a, a thing with the police, uh, you can always get a detective on the phone, you know, and uh, that will still be, you know, somewhat frustrating because what right. you really want is the person caught. You really don't want information. You just want this to stop. Yeah, exactly. And know that the person's caught. So, but the point here is this, and I, I, I'm going to say I know that you're on the edge here. Um and your edge comes a little quicker than most people's. Right. I don't handle stuff like this as well as some people do. Yeah. This is probably going to take some time to, you know, figure out. I hate to tell you that, but right. the chances of it happening right away are probably, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just from the uh, fixing everything, I know how long it takes without even, you know, knowing if the person got caught or not. Your dad's a banker. 
Yes. What did he say? Um, basically, you have to change the account again. So no, no more information than my bank gave me. But I'm going to make sure I'm going to do everything I can to make sure whoever did this is caught. And uh, if they're caught, you're just going to let them go, Fez? Or? No, they're going to jail. Uh, Rich in Maryland. Rich, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Hey, uh, Fez, um, are you writing? Are you writing personal checks to your for your rent? Yeah, the rent I rent. A, I write a check for. Okay, what you want to do is you don't want anybody having any of your information. It doesn't matter if you trust that guy or not. What you need to do is um, okay. Thanks. Which, what you need to do is, is go to your bank and, for your rent and get certified bank checks. Here's the thing. Why should he live his life like a drug well, dealer? Exactly. Why can't he fucking live his life like anybody else? It's ridiculous. I got to go wait in a bank line? Like an animal. To get a check when I have a thing of checks that's sitting there? I have a checking account and can't write checks because someone's going to steal from me? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane, and it's driving me nuts, trust me. And I know what nuts feels like. You're back there. I am right there. Is your mouth writing checks that your ass can't cash? I don't think that has anything to do with it, Ron. I've heard that come up before, though. Yeah. No, someone else is writing checks that everyone's cashing. Uh, a lot of people with advice, pl- please just send it to runafez at AOL.com. Runafez at AOL.com. We'll make sure Fezzy gets this on his, I guess, often viewed computer. Yeah, the uh, infected computer. Who could have put something on your computer? The only one that could have put something on my computer was Flipper. No, but you go to any crazy websites? Oh, no, I don't go to any website. No, uh-uh. What are the websites you go to? I go to Drudge Report. Mm-hmm. I go to NYPost.com. I go to SuperheroHype.com. I go to, uh, um, I mean, the only financial one I would go to is Amazon.com. Well, that's not going to always be financial stuff. Because they could just, you know, put one of those fucking bugs on your computer and follow you around. Right. Let's see, I go to HollywoodWiretap.com. That sounds like it could be it. CNN.com. MSNBC.com. You don't go to any porn sites? No. Hmm. And if I did, I wouldn't pay for it with a check. Well, I don't even... You're not paying for it with a check. They're saying that these people can find out what you're doing, and then break into your accounts and then be able to find yourself from there. Oh, I see what you're saying. You don't need to download anything from a porn site to get fucked over. I, 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 there was one porn site I was going to that was fine the first few months I went to it, then all of a sudden it totally fucked my computer over and filled with a shitload of Trojan It's nose. happened to a million fucking people. Right. Where all of a sudden you just fucking, those pop-ups would fucking hit constantly. 
Um, here's uh, Tom. Tom, you're on Fez. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, Fez, when you changed around your accounts, by chance did you remember to change the password for your online account? Because if somebody has compromised your password, then you change accounts, they log in, and they get your new account. Yeah, I changed that. Okay. That's yeah. Good. Just checking. I, I changed the PIN. I mean, I don't know what the password. I mean. Tim in Wisconsin. Hey, Fez. Yes. Do you, do you think this could be a hate crime? Yeah, I think so. So to you, this is a personal uh, hate crime thing. It's an absolutely personal thing. I've had, I've just had enough of, uh, I, I've seen enough, uh, you know, personal things happen to me outside of the show. To not think that this isn't personal, that this isn't tied into someone who's pissed at me. Why would anybody piss that? You fezzy. I don't like know. Fez. Well, there's plenty of negative posts on ronfez.net. It's a shame. Yeah, you sound really broken up about it. I don't want anyone to get this kind of treatment. I've gotten death threats for two years. Yeah, you understand harassment. I, that I, do. I know. I do. You so understand that's the kind why of I'm harassment. not making any jokes or doing anything. I've gotten them in Brooklyn. And I've gotten them in New Jersey. I've gotten them very recently. So I don't like to hear about this. And theft is, is just, you know, that's very low. It's a very low thing. Something I would never do, by the way. Who's making threats against you? Um, some people... Uh, what did you find out? Somebody took 24 cents out of your fucking checking account? <laughs> no, like letters and, and whatnot. They're all from Pennsylvania. They're scattered throughout America. And they, I've asked the detectives and there's no real, real people. There's no real people. There's no people who correspond with the name that's being put on the letter. So I don't know who it is. It was written by your, on your own stationery. Signed by you. No. I'm going to get you. Me. From Lehigh, Pennsylvania. I'm going to get me. <laughs> yeah, it feels like someone is trying to be very vindictive against me. I'm not sure that they're, they're totally connected because it would be stupid, I think. I mean, it's stupid to do it in the first place. The bank isn't going to keep paying this this money back to me. Uh, Greg, you're on run, Fez. Yeah, I was just wondering if Fezzy was coming out today. He said he knows what nuts feels like. Come on. Come on. Uh, Bob in Minnesota. Yeah, I was wondering, Fez, do you got your keys? Maybe that's what's going on. I have my keys. You, you're not trying to help somebody uh, get a bunch of money out of Ethiopia, are you? No. You're not falling for that fucking gimmick. Did not fall for those emails, no. One time my dad called me on the phone and started fucking reading. He goes, I got an interesting proposal. <laughs> I go, Pop, I will fucking take that computer of yours and throw it in the goddamn Chesapeake Bay. 
I don't want you reading anything on the internet ever. I gave him a link to Ron Bennington's line of the day. That's all. I go, this is what all you're reading you need to do. Well, this is how you're going to be spending your vacation next week, huh? Oh, yeah. Yep. Standing in lines at banks. Closing accounts, opening accounts, trying to find out exactly what happened. Okay. All right. But I will find out what happened, and I'll find out who's doing it. All right. If anybody has, uh, we're going to move on now, but if anybody has any help from Fez, Ron and Fez at AOL. Uh, dot com, Ron and Fez at AOL dot com. Look into it. We'll see what we can do. We'll get to the bottom of it. May not be personal at all. May not ever get to the bottom of it either. Not to throw cold water on it, but the, the people who have sent me things, I have. You would love gotten, that, wouldn't you? I wouldn't love it at all. That's encouraging. I'm just saying, I haven't gotten to the bottom of anything. Detective Hutter hasn't either. He's my personal DET. How long ago did you talk to Detective Hutter? I've, I stayed in communication with Detective. How long has this been going on? For me? Since I moved into Brooklyn. And, it's, and somehow my New Jersey address is known as well. Guess what? The case is closed. Someone had a letter sent? No, there's multiple letters. It happens every uh, two to three months. What's his name? I don't know who it is. Detective Hutter? Oh, Detective Hutter? Yeah, that's my guy. Have him in my phone. You want, Fez, if you want me to give him your... Hello, Hutter. <laughs> Hello, Fada. That's not his song. Here I am in Camp Granada. Here he is. If you want, Fez. He sounds real effective. I'm going to pass. Mr. B, you want him? No. It's a victimless crime. And he's never going to catch my brother. I don't care how hard he <laughs> Your brother sending me the stuff? Does he live in Lehigh, Pennsylvania? Yes. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> what? Every time we send out a fucking letter, it's like this. It comes from that... <laughs> uh, I want to dance. Uh, Xavier, you're on Run Fez. Hey, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, Phillies win today. Cliff Lee's on the mountain. And the big triple play yesterday. How many triple plays in history, Dave? That was the 15th, but only the second in the history of baseball to end the game. Well, it's such a fluke play. Yeah. Someone wrote to me, that was the greatest play in history. Well, it's a fun play, but it's not exactly... Oh, great play. He didn't do anything that any second baseman couldn't have done. Right. He just everything was in motion for this fucking strange thing to happen. You got a double steal going on. Right. And then the line drive hit right at second base, which, let's face it, if there's no men on, that's probably a base hit. Yeah, it was. You know, he, was covering, he was covering. Yeah. He was covering second. So the fact that there was people in, uh, uh, running. Right. Had him in the perfect position. And it also does take a little bit of bit bad base running. Maybe not the guy on second base, but the guy on first base, you know, I don't know. He wasn't going to get out. I mean, let's face it. It was going to be a triple play no matter what. It didn't necessarily have to be an unassisted. Right. But, I mean, he could lob the ball back there. Yeah. 
because uh, we had the same exact thing happen when I was in Little League. I was playing first base, and I had to dig the fucking ball out of the dirt. The fucking uh, second baseman threw it over, but it was a really wild. I had to go in the dirt after it. We came up, and it was a triple play. But we, th- we talked about it later. The second baseman was so fast, he could have run the kid down, and he could have had an unassisted. Well, but like we didn't even like we couldn't even figure out that it was a triple play. I don't think Bruntlett knew at first what had happened either. He's a major league baseball player, and he catches the ball, steps on second, and then he touches the guy who's going from first and second. And I think even he was like, "Wait, did I? Was that really just a triple play?" It was the funniest reaction. Right. And they were like, "No, yeah, you got it, triple yeah, play." Really, <laughs> He's like, well, "Yes." I mean, it's nothing that you ever plan for, try for. It just doesn't happen. Uh, here is uh, Blake. Blake, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Donnie Dumphy had about a half a million views on YouTube. And uh, Fezzy, if you have to come to Rhode Island, I'd love to take you to one of those all-you-can-eat chicken places, cheer you up a little bit. Thank um, you. Plenty of chicken. Plenty of chicken and pasta. Uh, so th- his YouTubes are uh, blowing up now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to get on that street team, too, guys. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, Hicks is putting together the Wolf Pack. Uh... One of the things we should do, talk to Giant Brian in Atlanta, try to get him playing this thing. Get it fucking out there. Maybe send it down to the Monsters in Orlando, see if they want to be, if they want to get at me, Wolf. I know some of the people down there are going to have trouble with it. They're in Florida. They don't understand the Newfie thing. Well, let's try to move it out there. doesn't have to be for us. We want to see this kid blow up. So if you want to be part of the Wolf Pack... Uh, write to ronafez at AOL.com or 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Chris Stanley putting together a street team because he loves this kid. Donnie Dumphy's a hero to all of us. Yeah, he is. Oh, them Ritz. Yeah, he loves his Ritz. Having the time. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to uh, George. George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, hi Ronnie. Uh, last Friday at a VFW meeting, William Calley basically comes out and says, uh, Vietnam, uh, my bad. Sorry about that. After all these years, he figured it was his fault? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Lieutenant Calley, one of the uh, one of the real tragic events of Vietnam, and I'm sure that kind of stuff haunts everybody who's been connected with it all these years. It's just... Talk about a no-win situation, but here is a uh, big win-win situation. The Weinstein Company, uh, who says they were in such bad shape, if this Tarantino film would have flopped, uh, they might have been done. Uh, Tarantino opens at number one. I think he had something like $37 million, which is huge for him, and the smaller films that he makes. Good news for the Weinstein Company. And then against what East Side Dave says... Over uh, the uh, Project Runway opens 45% bigger than last year's opening at Bravo. Wow. Gigantic uh, start for them. So maybe the Weinsteins have a little uh, breathing room. We're going to talk about uh, Tarantino's movie a little later on in the show when we do Movie Club. But the, um, the important thing is this. Tarantino... To get this movie out, his biggest movie opening ever, uh-huh. did one interview. One. That's the only interview he did. Ten minutes on the Run of Fez show. Opens at number one. 
Donnie Dumfries blowing up, and now Tarantino's blowing up. And I'm thinking, why didn't he appear anywhere else? He never went on TV, never went to any of the magazines. He says to himself, I want to do one interview, and I want it for 10 minutes. Uh, get at me, Wolf. I got to talk to Ronnie B about this. Now, before I get in, Bezzy, you saw the movie? Yes, I did. Uh, Chris Stanley saw the movie? Yep. And Dave, you saw the movie? Yes. All right, so a little later on in the show, we're going to be doing Fight Club. And uh, when we do that, uh, I'm going to ask you people who did not see the uh, film, and you want to, turn off your radios. I'm going to give you spoiler alerts, like I do with my Ain't It Cool column uh, when I'm on there. Did I, do any <laughs> I didn't my... know you had one. Yeah, I'm Quint. Oh. Uh, when I'm on Ain't It Cool, I'm Quint. So I go in there and I write spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts, and I tell people then what it's all. Um, oh, I'll bring up something after we do the spoiler alerts that Time fucking magazine did. Um uh, but anyway, that's coming up just a little later on in the show. Luminance, it's the new maximum strength nighttime weight loss formula. There's the key words there. It's nighttime. It's not like any other diet drug. This is from Miller & Stone Research, and they've developed a diet pill that actually gets you a good night's sleep. It doesn't make you shaky. It doesn't make you jittery. doesn't make you feel like there's spiders crawling all over you. This is a nighttime formula. It's called Luminance. See, I like that feeling. I like the spidery, jittery, I'm gnawing down my back teeth feeling. So most of those diet pills are loaded up with caffeine and stimulants. None of that in Luminance. Luminance is designed to get you a good night's sleep. And while you're resting, it's making your metabolism work. It's working while you sleep. So you don't have to worry about not going to bed all night because you're shaking out of your skin from a diet pill. You've got Luminance now. And you can try it risk-free by calling 1-800-430-7765. That's 1-800-430-7765. Luminance is effective and safe. It's the ultimate weight loss bedtime formula. Get the rest you deserve and try Luminance today risk-free. Here's the number again. Call 1-800-430-7765. That's 1-800-430-7765. Or go to MillerAndStone.com. That's for Luminance, the nighttime weight loss formula. Ryan Fez Show. You and I both know that the system wasn't ready for this kind of epidemic. Crack came on the scene and spread like wildfire. But now I got the mayor and the governor on my back. I need some results. Fast. You get me Nino Brown. With all due respect, sir, you still don't get it. You're talking about a war out there that's a loser. You're not going to give me what I need to win. And I need some cops that know these streets. I need some new jack cops to take down a new jack gangster. Brown and Fetty Show. Uh, we'll get the Ichiban started now, uh, since we had the Fez Watley latest uh, debacle. Fez Watley's getting his money uh, stolen to start the first hour. Uh, the former VH1 reality show contestant, Ryan Alexander Jenkins, he was on some millionaire show where it hasn't even run yet. Megan wants a millionaire, had three episodes and just got canceled. Uh, and then he had his own spinoff show. And then another spinoff, um, I Love Money, part three, both of which he was a contestant that got pretty far. 
uh, they uh, found him hanging from a coat rack in a hotel motel room in uh, Canada. Let me see if it was a hotel or motel. It just says hotel, motel, holiday inn. I don't even know what that means. Uh, so there's where we are. Our reality stars are finally starting to kill themselves, which why couldn't this have started with Paris Hilton? <laughs> um, there's uh, interesting news here. Your home state of Florida, Governor Charlie Crist of Florida told a group of real estate agents Friday that he's had prayer notes placed on the Western Hall in Jerusalem each year and as a resu- uh, on the wall there. And as a result, no major storms has hit Florida. So uh, Charlie Chris going the extra mile for governors, making sure God now is finally protecting Florida. Yeah, it's good to know that a state that's prone to hurricanes is going with all the latest scientific info, any new technology to track a hurricane. Well, now, they're still using all that, folks. Mm-hmm. But they're also using a different power, the power of prayer. And if you want God to protect your state, you got to uh, tack up a post-it up there on the western wall of uh, Jerusalem. I guess, is that the Wailing Wall? Yeah, the Wailing Wall. I guess. That How wa- many whales have they caught there, that Wailing Wall? I think it's a different kind of whaling. Zero. Well, there's only one kind of whaling for me and the people that I whale with. <laughs> and we'll fucking take down that white bastard. I guess it works because Jerusalem hasn't been hit with any hurricanes either. Always anti-God with you, Fez. Well, it's just that God, apparently God uses hurricanes as quite the weapon. He throws them like paper wads. You got to pray to stop them. And if you don't, if you do get hit with one, it's because it's the wrath of God for any sort of sinful living that area has been doing. That always comes up from an evangelist. You know, when I was back there in seminary school, there was a person there who put forth a proposition that you could petition the Lord with, with prayer. Um, petition the Lord with prayer. Mm-hmm. Petition the Lord with prayer. You cannot petition the Lord with prayer! And scene. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was Jim Morrison, Soft Parade, 1960. I'll say eight. I'm not exactly sure. I think it was 68. I think you're right about that. 41 years ago. Today. Well, on this very day. Weird. That's not true. Uh, let's go to Lincoln in Virginia. Lincoln. The funniest thing about that Florida governor saying his personal prayers kept storms away is he knocked on wood afterwards like a superstition. <laughs> Don't act like no one's ever done a superstition before. We do these things. There is a fucking reason we do them. We're out of control. We have no control against hurricanes. Why not try to make yourself feel a little better? But it seems like the knocking on wood going along with the God thing doesn't go together. Whatever works. Whatever gets you through the night, Fuzzy. I think John Lennon put it best. Maybe he does have some kind of connection to God. Well, he does have a hell of a tan. And he has been able to hide his, his gayness. Last, his last so name years. is Christ. And one, of those, Christ. and one of those hurricanes just went through the panhandle last week. Panhandle was in Florida. So I don't know what he's bragging about. Well, it didn't hit as a hurricane, did it? No, it was uh, It was really, it was very low when it hit. Thank you. You're welcome. Charlie Crist on the job. CC. Jane Gang Charlie. 
And that's the sound of the men working on the chain gang. An Iowa man who repeated a joke from Seinfeld uh, while at work has been fired for sexual harassment. Uh, A woman uh, sneezed and the man said, you are so good looking. Uh, The woman complained and he was let go. Wow, this seems like it's... uh, There had to be more to it. More to this guy. This is the whole thing. (coughs) Is good looking a sexual harassment thing? I mean, it's not saying I want to have sex with you. It's saying you look nice. That's nobody's business at work. How's that any different than saying you got a cute little caboose there? (laughs) Or uh, free mustache rides. Perhaps the wittiest t-shirt ever invented. Free mustache rides. (laughs) Which, by the way, I hate if you see a guy without a mustache uh, have that fucking t-shirt. You gotta have a a mustache to make the free mustache ride thing work. It seems only fair. You know what I like about a a funny t-shirt is like uh, people say to themselves, this is going to get some conversation started. (laughs) I'll put on this shirt and get everything mixed up there. Has there been a witty T-shirt in history? I don't think so. Um, I you mean, don't the, like I'm with stupid. The, and his I saw point. I saw one down in the Jersey Shore recently where some guy said it was feeling cocky, and it was a picture of a penis. That's good. That's there good. was no irony. No, yeah. Here's the <laughs> it was irony. A picture right? of a cock. Do you feel like a cock? <laughs> you feeling cocky? That didn't make sense. So was he saying he was gay? Like, I didn't get it at all. Yeah, you feel cocky. It's so bizarre what people will actually put on and wear as a little billboard for themselves. I think even worse is that somebody sells them and thinks people are going to like these. They, everyone buys them. Yeah. I mean, we just said the reality show. Half of the people on the reality show are, you know, just have those lame fucking shirts. I thought they had to blur those out. You know. Stop staring at my ass on her shorts. Okay. Here's uh, Mark. Mark, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron. I I got fired for commenting on a woman's haircut, telling her I thought it it made her look nice and uh, was hauled in and let go. It's interesting. It's really, really interesting. Uh, Dave in North Carolina. Hey, I was just wondering if you could get fired for telling somebody they look ugly. Yeah, I think you can be. Uh, that falls under the stupid hate stuff. You have to allow for some kind of human interaction. People are yeah, not you, perfect. You'd be okay with this? Like your shirt looks nice? Yeah, I would be fine with that. What about your shirt looks gay? No, that's probably, you know, going into sexual things. Well, that's what people feel like if someone comments on their stuff. Women feel uh, violated. My shirt is where I keep my titties. And I don't want anybody talking about it. It's a compliment, though. It's only intended. It's not even. It's a Seinfeld reference, for fuck's sake. If you haven't seen that episode, I mean, come on. Uh, By the way, I'm walking down the street the other day. I see a guy, gray-haired, fucking bald. He's doing the, you know, the fucking gray toilet seat. Looked like he was well into his late 60s. Wearing a brand spanking new... I was just at the Van Morrison concert fucking T-shirt, right? <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker's been doing this for fucking 45 years now. <laughs> he can't get over Even at his age, he's got to li- leave there so his friends see he was just at the uh, big show. 
Um, here's uh, Travis. Travis, Sharman Fez. Yeah, I was in Taco Bell a couple of weeks ago, and it was a kid. Couldn't have been more than 12. In there with his mom. Little sister made me. Kid had on a shirt that said, fuck your tits, show me your cunt. Middle of the yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah, it, it's really witty stuff. <laughs> uh, Rick, uh, you're in running Fez. Well, this is Rick. Is that who you asked for? I guess so, Rick. Go ahead. I had a, back in eighth grade, a girl in our in my class had a T-shirt that had a, a nice little kitty cat inside of a bottle with the tail coming out of the top. And then, then on the bottom it said, happiness is a tight pussy. She got suspended for it. Why? It's so witty. It's so... Uh... <laughs> Just brilliantly witty. Here's one. So you got to be careful at work now. You can't tell somebody you're good looking. You could be fired. You can't even reference an episode, though. I mean, that's more offensive. You can't reference an episode. Here's one I saw online. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Who's bringing the chips? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Clever. I always like the ones where is, I saw a girl the other day had one on that said, um, this, this girl loves men. I mean, why put that on and advertise that you're, you know, maybe you're slutty? She, maybe that's what she's trying to get the word out there. <laughs> she wants it. She should hook up with the guy who uh, is feeling cocky. Uh, Greg, you're on running Fez. Greg in Boston. Yeah, what do you say there, buddy? I got, a, I got a T-shirt that says 50,000 battered women a year. And I've been eating them plain all these times. Uh, uh, Greg, that's brilliant. You get a lot of comments like, hey, funny T-shirt. Uh, well, actually, I'm a singer in a band, so I just kind of use it on stage. You usually get a kick out of it. That's all. Uh, what wedding are you playing this weekend? <laughs> What's that? Where are you playing this weekend? Uh, playing at some bars on Cape Cod. Uh, what's the name of the band? Sun Junk. All right. What, say it again. Better. Sun, S-U-N-J-U-N-K. Sun, right. junk. All right, we're going to check out your MySpace. All right, take, uh, take it easy. Peace. Sun, junk? Yeah, witty, witty T-shirts. How many people you ever know go into the T-shirt business, though? Haven't you always had that friend? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a fucking uh, uncle. When I was with the Ron and Ron show, they just started making bootleg fucking Ron and Ron gear down in Florida. And the fucking station had to come to me and go, you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, let's fucking just drop it. <laughs> yeah. There's one shop, if you walk down Broadway, their big seller, I guess, that they've got in the display window. T-shirt with a picture of an ass on it, and there's like a half of a fake dollar bill coming out of the crack. Mm -hmm. And it says, my children think I've got money coming out of, the, out of my ass. Here's a Frenchie. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey. Um... Well, first off, uh, I got suspended, or I got detention in fifth grade for wearing spandex because my teacher thought that I was going to get yeast infections. Because you're spandex uh, okay. in the eighties. Yeah, so you're rocking the spandex, and then you were having, you were wearing a shirt that said "Eat at the Y." No, <laughs> no, but I have seen the shirts that I think are um, very witty. Um, that say you look better on MySpace or you look better on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Those uh, witty slogans. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, brilliant. The tea business, nothing <laughs> like it. Peace. Uh, Matt, Matt in North Carolina. Hi, buddies. How you doing? 
hey, I got a, I got a Ron Bennington for president T-shirt, and you won't believe the number of comments I get. Can I tell you something? If elected, I will not serve. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's uh, Ken, in Del- well, Ken in Delaware. How are you? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Uh, now the funk uh, serial killer T-shirt company. I have a shirt. It has uh, the Reservoir Dogs. The guy's walking down the street, and beneath it says Doggy Style. Which oh, is brilliant. That company got sued, got the shit sued out of them by Robert De Niro and Ed Norton because they were taking uh, scenes from the movies and, and past placing them on the fucking shirt. Yeah, they just well go down to Little Italy and they just feel like they can sell <laughs> pictures of those guys. You know, like I'm in my face is my business. Um, mine has uh, I listened to the Ron and Fez show and all I got was forty seven hundred dollar check from Fez Watley. <laughs> You're regaining your sense of humor about it, Fez. You're back. See that? For all the upsetness that you were? Right. Now you've already forgotten about it. I haven't forgotten about it. Well, you're acting like a person again. Well, I'm trying to. You're laughing it off. You're not going to the nut hut. Yeah. Um, here's um, Eric. Eric uh, in Iowa, you're on running Fez. You're on Fez. You love you guys. Yeah. Hey, Fez, here's one for you. A nice shirt. Silly faggot. Dicks are for chicks. Just hysterical. It doesn't even work. It doesn't even rhyme with the actual saying. Dan in Florida. Yeah, I got one that never has seemed to work for me. It's, uh, it says on the front, I'm here for the gangbang. And uh, usually when you walk into your son's preschool, the teachers seem to look at you uh, with dirty looks. That kind of sucks. I should get a T-shirt that says, if your T-shirt doesn't make me laugh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, I used to wear that one shirt. This is my lucky shirt, and it just had cum stains on it. Until finally the people on my bus made it clear that, like, if I wear it. That was part of the Mafia Life, Chris. That was part of his packages. You know, I'm the designated passenger. Um, I know he was selling a, and Ron We Trust, uh, like a T-shirt. I don't think had the legs that he wanted it to have. (laughs) But I've had to sign a couple of them. Here's one. Uh, My drinking team has a bowling problem. It's fucking hysterical. It's like it inverts, you know? You get it? it's hysterical. The, the the T-shirt wit. Uh, here is uh, Zombie. Zombie, go ahead. There's only been one T-shirt that I actually liked out of all the ones I read. It said, uh, "You can't spell, you can't spell manslaughter without laughter." It's a sweet. Uh, speaking of which, uh, busted for I guess it's manslaughter. On a drunken driving uh, charge, Dave, uh, Roger Avery, the guy who co-wrote uh, Pulp Fiction with Quentin Tarantino, he, his wife, and this guy, Roger Avery's drunk driving, guy gets killed. It's horrible. Now it's manslaughter. It's horrible, but, you know, he pleaded to it and, uh, you know, serve a little time. You think he's going to do time? I think he'll do some time. And uh, he probably should, but then that's it, you know. I mean, uh, it's not like he intended to do what it. Gets it. It's to a terrible me, thing, but here's the problem: the guy got in the fucking car with you. It's not the same as manslaughter when you hit a fucking uh, normal person. Like yeah. if, if you get busted for manslaughter because you're all fucked up and you drove up and you hit a bunch of kids on a bus stop. All right, I get it. Two drunks get in a fucking car. I feel like they're both in this together. I think I think they are, and I think that's why he pleaded guilty. You know that he won't get. You know, if it go, it's not going to trial, he won't get the book thrown at him. But my point is, the corpse is also guilty, so the yeah. the casket should be kept at the prison for the same amount of time. 
But he is the one. He is the one who decided to drive. Yeah, and the other guy is the guy who decided to get in the car with him. Right. So everybody's in it together. Yeah, I mean it's true, but it's uh, the guy who who turned the ignition and was driving that did the killing. Well, you could say that you kill yourself if you get in a car with a drunk. If you get in a car with a drunk, right? Right. How is that not just the most reckless fucking move? So who's the fucking blame there? It's just luck of the draw. It's a bad luck of the draw, obviously, for the guy who died. But, you know, you guys were fucked up and, and shit say, happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to also say this. This whole anti-drunk driving thing. If you have never drank and drive, you're not a drinker. You're not a guy who drinks at all. This is something that fucking people who drink do. You're going to be over the blood fucking alcohol limit if you fucking uh, drive and you don't live above a bar. You're going to have to live <laughs> totally above a bar to not fucking drink and drive. Because you can go out and have wine with dinner now. Yeah. And, and there's a shitload of places that are BYOB these days. Because especially with the recession and everything like that. So, you know, you're going to bring a whole six-pack... And uh, let me go tell you, home. But let me tell you something about drinking in America. I was uh, at a, a fucking place that serves. Uh, uh, it's a, it was a French restaurant, and they have the absence, and you mm -hmm. can get like fucking I don't know forty different things. But they also have great French fruit, food, and it's up on the Upper East Side. The clientele, elderly, sit down to eat about eight o'clock. Everything's quiet. Everyone's starting their meal. By 9 o'clock, it's so fucking loud, I look around, these people are ripped. <laughs> There's not one fucking person, they were in their 60s and 70s, who wasn't fucking ass-dragging fucking ripped. People go out to dinner, and they end up getting fucking buzzed. And then the drunk driving thing happens, and everybody acts like, what? How could he be so irresponsible? Everyone does it. Everybody fucking does it. Most people, most towns don't even have, like, a readily available taxi service. That's really, like, an urban thing. I mean, a lot of places, you know, you, you drive home. Right. I mean, even in some places that are considered cities, you've got to call a cab and then stand there. You know what I mean? Yes. They and, don't have fucking cabs driving around like we do in New York. Right. And then there's that other problem, too. How are you supposed to get your fucking car? My car has to fucking get home. What's it going to do? Put it in the trunk of the fucking cab? That's a necessary evil. I mean, if you got to go get your car the next day to avoid either getting picked up for drunk driving or, uh, worse, killing somebody, what are you doing? it's got to happen. What are you playing the other side here? Well, I'm just uh, saying how it goes. Fez. But the point is this. The necessary evil is drunk driving. If you want to have a society where people drink and go to ball games and have drinks, the necessary evil would have to be the people also fucking drink and drive. And the places know that. The stadiums and the bars. Come on. Because if you really wanted to get rid of drinking and driving, you would get rid of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Because people like to drink. Or there'd be mandatory things like, you know, you'd give in your Why keys. Why don't you do this? No fucking bar can have a parking lot. Because we're against drinking and driving. You can't get a fucking car in there. Because if you go to a bar and you have drinks... You're above the legal limit. The fucking legal limit is so low now, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Is it one? You can have one drink? You can have a Tic Tac. <laughs> if you have more than one Tic Tac, 
you're going to be fucking busted. But that person, but yeah, that's part of the responsibility of drinking is knowing that there's a really low limit and making that means sure that, that means that you can't drink. Not if you you, you, you can't, can't do both. Right, but then how are you going to get back and forth? You don't have a fucking rail system in this country. You don't have a fucking heavy taxi fucking thing in this country. Most of this country is not in urban areas. Now, if you happen to live in Manhattan, fucking Chicago, you're fine. I don't even, I mean, what do you consider drinking? Is two drinks a dr- drinking? Like, I don't See, consider that the drinking. Problem. They have a fucking situation where what we consider impaled and what the law considers impaled are two different things. And, and here's the other side of this. Just like things like pornography, you're not going to have regular people going, come on, it should be a six-pack. Nobody is going to say, we want to drink and drive. All the fucking sheep are going to go along with safety first. Yeah, we have to think about safety. But the fact of, if a guy has two drinks, are you telling me he can't drive? Because a guy who has two drinks and can't drive shouldn't have a fucking license. (laughs) That's not a fucking person who should ever be driving. Um, I mean, it's true because then you could be influenced by medication. You could be influenced by basically anything that goes into your system if you can't drink after two beers. I mean, fucking, you know, hot chocolate could probably impair you if that's the case. Uh, Here's uh, Phoenix in Ohio. (laughs) Hey, Ronnie, I got a solution to your get the car home after a hard night of drinking problem. Uh, You call AAA, you get a ride home and get your car home, too. How do you do that? You tell you them the car's tri- broke down? You call Triple A Road Service. And you tell them the car's broke down? Uh, yep, you call them, tell your car broke down, you need to ride. And they're going to fucking show up and some guy's fucking knee wobbling drunk out there. <laughs> and I would think they would check the car. I don't know. No, they don't. <laughs> I leave my car. I'll, I'll, I'll leave a car from time to time and just next morning, you know? You'd have to, the way you fucking drink. Steve. Hey, listen. Every time my wife and I go out to dinner, one of us has to make a logical choice, one who's drinking and who's not. And, I mean, let's put it this way. I live on Long Island. It's the drunk driving capital of the world. We all know that. Yeah, but here's the deal. Now, you and your wife can't go out and have wine anymore. What kind of fucking date is this? Me and uh, my wife will have a, fu- a fucking gin and juice, and I will be having a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's fucking crazy how far we've gone. And in the meantime, everybody's eating enough fucking Noxies to fucking fall over, but that's okay because <laughs> you get them from the doctor. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um Going over some of this stuff right now, uh, coming up a little later on, in Glorious Bastards, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, it uh, made $37 million, uh, the biggest opening ever for Mr. Quentin Tarantino. And uh, we will be uh, doing a spoiler-filled debate and movie roundtable on this. Um, Martin Scorsese's uh, film Shutter Island. Have you seen the trailers? I did. I saw it at Inglorious Bastards. Did you like it? I thought it was cool, actually. I did not. I thought it looked a little hokey. And it was another one of those deals where the trailer gave away so much 
that it was on my uh, nerves. They pushed this back now to February. Mm. Never a good sign. Mm-mm. Never a good sign. Must be the reaction to that trailer out there. Perfect, Fezzi. Perfect fun fact. The reaction to the trailer, we're not interested <laughs> in this uh, movie. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar complained on Twitter that he's not being given a fair shake by NBA decision makers. He wants to uh, be a head coach. Uh, is Jabbar ready to be a head coach? Yes! He's the all-time leading scorer. He was always a cerebral guy. He was taught, John Wooden says he's his smartest college basketball player of all time. Stop it already. So what's the problem? They have a problem with his so-called attitude. They think that Kareem has an attitude, but it's only because he was intelligent enough. But even as a player, he wasn't uh, gregarious. He wasn't a slap the other guy on the back type thing. And let's face it, they look for the they look for a guy that didn't have a lot of uh, ability, but had a lot of hustle and a lot of smarts. There's different ways to win. I mean, you know, yeah, you can have that rah rah coach. Phil Jackson's pretty fucking introspective. He sits on the sidelines the whole time. You barely even see him getting up and 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 yelling. I mean, I think he's a cerebral coach on the same lines of Kareem. Only Kareem's probably smarter. Phil Jackson is a philosophical coach, yeah. where he gives everybody, you know, right. the fucking art of war, little and, books. Yeah, yeah. I want you to read this. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking play basketball. It's total bullshit. It's the, you know, Babe Ruth, when he wanted to become a manager, they wouldn't let him. Because he was a drunk idiot. But the argument is also, he also played 150 games a year. He hit 60. He obviously kept himself in shape and knew something about baseball to put up the stats. Kareem is the same way. He must know something. I'm 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 going to make my judgment on this, Dave. Uh, You go through so many fucking coaches. Why not give Kareem one shot? Please. Give him a shot at the end of the year. If it doesn't fucking work out, like with magic, fuck it. He's not ready. Uh, let's do something here. It's threat theft. Uh, threat theft. It's threat theft. Uh, Hard Rock Johnny asked this question on ronfez.net. Net. I was thinking today when I was like in the seventh grade and I heard the Rod Stewart throwing up cum on stage story and the Richard Gere gerbil story, but how did it travel around? We had no internet at the time like we do now to spread stories all over. How did it get around so fast? Um, When you hear a story about someone with a gerbil up their ass, that's a story that a kid's going to want to tell. But it went everywhere. The entire world uh, knew it. Uh, here's how this worked out. This is what they used to say about jokes. That mainly it would be spread around with guys like the Wall Street guys. Because they would spend time on telephones with people all over the country. They would hear a joke. Next time they pick up the phone, they're telling a joke. So things would get spread out through guys like that. Sales guys that would work with their customer and be up to them to have that ice-breaking moment. So they would just be, um, hey, I want to talk to you. Hey, Dan, how's everything there in Akron? Uh, by the way, before we get started, you hear this Richard Gere story? Gerbil <laughs> up his ass. So even before we Twittered, we tweeted, we Facebooked, there's always some fucking sales guy out there who needs to uh, break the ice. All right, we're going to uh, take a break here. When we get back, it's the movie club, the Ronifez Mo- movie club. 
uh, we'll be jumping into Inglorious Bastards. It's a run fed show. XM202, Sirius 197. Bring out the gimp. I think the gimp's sleeping. Well, I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? Fed show. Already do our movie club on Inglorious uh, Bastards. So we got to do a spoiler alert. Uh, Dave, why don't you just yell out spoiler alert every time I say that? Spoiler alert! 
We're going to do spoiler alerts. Spoiler alert! So if you uh, you haven't seen uh, Inglorious Bastards, take about the next 15 minutes off from the show. Come back in about 15, because uh, we're going to be, be talking with spoilers. Spoiler alert! You'll hear all the details and, and spoils. Spoiler alert! From the uh, Run and Fez show. Um, I know Scruffy saw this also, and I knew Tarantino was in a in a good place because Scruffy uh, uh, told me that they had sold out all of Union Square on Friday night. So as soon as I heard that, I'm like, the the weird thing about Tarantino films, they do well on each of the coast, do not do well in the middle of the country. He's a coastal boy. Hmm. He's a coastal guy. Uh, so, um, again, spoiler alert here. Spoiler alert! If you have not seen Inglorious Bastards and you don't want to have it ruined for you. Spoiler alert! You want to turn off your uh, television if you have it on TV or radio if you're a normal person. Why did I think I was on TV suddenly? Why did my dream come true? Uh, for the next uh, 15 minutes or so. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! All right, we know that I mark out on the Tarantino movies. Uh, and you already heard me tell Tarantino uh, what I thought about the tension uh, feeling. By the way, if you want to go back and listen now to the interview with him, it might make a lot more sense. Right. Because uh, I was talking in code other <laughs> than, like, the fucking um, Time magazine who basically did a cover that said, or an article, that the top said, uh, Tarantino kills Hitler. So thank Christ, I had seen this before, you know, I saw it two weeks before I was supposed to see uh, the movie. Um, let's go, Chris Stanley, you were last man standing, you went on Sunday night, what did you think? Fucking amazing! I would have went Friday night, but it was sold out in the story. Is I was, that right? I was really surprised. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be sold out. All fucking every goddamn show. Every show sold out, and you dug the film. I fucking loved it. I left that fucking theater so excited and happy <laughs> that he fucking nailed it. It was amazing. Now, what made you think that he nailed it? It was just I, when, before I went in, people were saying it's too long. Right. And they're just shitting on some of the characters, and it didn't seem long at all. It, it was just incredibly entertaining from beginning to the end. Yeah, a lot. I was actually saw, I saw it again over the weekend. And two of the people I was with said, well, it was, uh, you know, it went on a little slow in a couple spots. I'm like, well, that's the movie. It's not a non fucking stop fucking roller coaster ride of action. It is about dialogue. Davey Mack, you saw it on Saturday? Saturday at 4.30. Saturday at 4.30. What was great was I was going into the theater and a bunch of my friends from high school who I hadn't seen since high school who were Tarantino fans were coming out. And it was like this bonding experience. I saw... Ten of my friends at the same movie theater. So they're all still hanging out together. They were all still like, and they were like all pumped up. And I'm like, I'm just going in, but don't, don't. I can't even talk to you. They're going like, Dave, you're gonna fucking love it. That's yeah. all they were saying. I went in trying my best not to hype myself up. Okay. Right. And I came out of the theater basically doing handstands. Really? Yelling. You liked it that much? And here's why: every single story arc. Had a great beginning, a great middle, and a great end. It was like five different movies. There was five fucking different movies, and the best part about it was, 
Okay, you 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 fall in love with the German villain, and then and really you did. I fell in love with him, but then like Brad Pitt comes on the stage, and you're like, oh man, I never want. I just want, only want to see Brad Pitt. Then they go to Shoshana, and you're like, I want. I was into Brad Pitt's story. Then her story gets interesting. Right. And every fucking time they did that, I'm like. When they would go to a new scene, See, that, would... that was one of the beefs people had is they wanted more of the actual bastards. That they didn't feel like they didn't get enough bastards. But I love Shoshana. Yeah, and, and I think you also have to know how Tarantino rolls. You know, people wanted a shitload of John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. He's only right. in it for about 50 minutes. The whole point is you've got to know that going in. And there was a shitload of Brad Pitt, but the other stories were great. And I think those stories I found even more fascinating because... I knew what the bastards were going to be about. Right. I didn't know shit at all about Shoshana. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, that you would have just, if they would have just been following the bastards into uh, bit after bit after bit. We would have movie, seen that yeah. movie. And also, we, yeah, I mean, we we saw that. And, and that it fucking, would have just been more of what you already had. Yeah. They're killing, they're shooting. They're exactly. Fez Watley, you saw it Friday night. I saw it Friday night and again, like, early Saturday evening. Whoa! Yeah. Fez Watley. Saw it twice. Had to squeeze, was running into a lot of sold-out shows Friday night. Finally squeezed into, I think, a 10.30 mm-hmm. one at, in Times Square, which I wasn't looking forward to. But, um, because there were so many theaters there and it packed out. And I was so excited when I left, I ended up just walking and walking instead of, like, getting in the nearest subway station to go home. Really? I, Why did you like it so much? Uh, I just thought it was so brilliant. I just thought, I'm sitting there, I guess a, a spoiler alert here, um, I, I'm sitting there in a crowded theater watching a movie about a crowded theater burn. And I no. just thought... Oh, my God, you couldn't play on people's emotions See, more. That's, if you go back and listen to the thing, I bring up the claustrophobia oh, issue right, yeah. with him. Because yeah. that's what I was talking to. Right. And um, my chick fucking needed a lot of walking after we got out of the movie. Because, I, I, you know, I didn't do any spoilers to any of you guys no, you didn't. Uh, before. Uh, but that was... A fucking tough thing to see because if you're the type of person who likes to check his exits and then you're seeing a theater getting all the exits fucking uh, sealed up. Yeah. And what about the scene where the face and the fucking smoke? So great. Unbelievable. And you'll go back to where I was telling Tarantino when Shoshana said, I want to get movie stuff to shoot. I thought she was sending that out to the world. I thought she was going to say, here's what happened that night. and We would see it on a newsreel. Uh and Tarantino was going, oh, wow, I didn't even fucking think that you would have thought that. Uh, but to have that shown back to the fucking Nazis was crazy. <laughs> All right, let's go over a couple things that uh, people didn't like. Did uh, And this surprises me with you, Fez, because I didn't want to ruin it for you. But you tell me you don't like uh, a movie with subtitles. Right. A huge part of that movie had subtitles. I mean, yeah, I would say 80% of it is subtitles. So you are able to do this. So it was, I mean, I guess if the conversation is good, I mean, it, it felt to me like I was starting to understand French by the end of it. Well, I don't know if that's true, but you were just reading subtitles <laughs> and picking up on it. Uh, what about this, uh, Dave and Chris? Did the Mike Myers scene take you out of the movies? I've I've heard that complaint from people. No, because it was so small. Ultimately, I I did think it was a little silly, and 
the only reason why is a couple times he did those he did the Austin Powers eyebrow raise, and yeah. I'm like, what the? But it was so small. I'm not gonna. That's Tarantino just having a little fun with the movie business itself. Yeah, if you if people forget this, but it's Pat was in the fucking goddamn uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> right. You had to sit there and watch it's Pat. She was the wolf's girlfriend for Christ's sakes. Well, she was just his friend. He was his friend's daughter. Is that she what was she Monsters was? Joe's daughter, yeah. Wow. Say uh, goodbye, fellas. <laughs> but I think that the act that actor was I felt like I was watching Daniel Day Lewis. And that's just my own ignorance which, which to his work. The German uh the the, the Hans German guy. Well, uh be, because he was playing the part in so many different things. I, I just felt like there was some serious fucking presence there. Well, this is the other guy that I thought that was great. The SS guy that was, like, younger, who mm-hmm. was in the basement. Right. And he seemed familiar to me, but I would think it was almost like every guy I've never liked in my life right. uh, showed up. I him. know exactly. He almost yeah. had, like, a Buscemi look to him. So none of you guys have any beefs with anything in the movie? You're all just fucking uh, marking out? Um, I am because uh, that's just the way I go with Let's Tarantino. talk to somebody in the movie business. Let's talk to our good friend Jay Moore. Jay. Uh, actually, this is Chris. There was this black chick, a shiny broad, used to work at one of Daddy's clubs. Her name was Lady E. If we ever do Res Dogs 2 or a prequel, you can play that part. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. One night, uh, her prick of a husband, this guy was a real fucking piece of shit, she crazy glued his fucking prick to his stomach. And then Kaitel says, was he pissed off? <laughs> uh, did you Hi, see, boys. Did you see uh, Bastards over the weekend? I don't see any movies in the movie theater. I wait for them on DirecTV or I watch them when I'm on the road in a hotel because I don't want to share it with anyone. You're supposed to be uh, not listening now. This is the spoiler alert part of the show. Spoiler alert! No, I've been listening to all your spoilers, and that's what made me call in because it sounds like Tarantino hit a grand slam with this movie. Well, at least uh, with us he did. You know, it uh, it definitely was a, a strong film. I don't know if I would compare to, you know, Pulp Fiction or but here's what I said to Tarantino, uh, without trying to give it away. If you first of all, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. Yeah. How many men are cool enough, as cool as Ronnie B, to go? This is what I said to Tarantino. Well, uh, to be honest, he did so many fucking things. Uh, Anyway, everyone, he actually met every person in America (laughs) on the way to doing this, but. But I said, like, if we didn't have a Tarantino, like, if you didn't have Tarantino's work to fucking sit there and go against, if this was just a film by a new guy, everybody would be fucking flipping out today. Yeah. The only reason is you come out and people go, well, I like to kill Bill better or Pulp Fiction. Had, you know what I mean? So he's like the Rolling Stones or the Clash. He has to fucking compete against his first albums. Yeah, like if somebody put out Goat's Head Soup, we'd all be doing backflips over Silver Train in winter, but because it's the Stones coming after it's only rock and roll, we go, eh, men's a men's Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I really like, Sticky Fingers, you know? Right. That's my favorite Stones album. What's your favorite Stones album, Ronnie Bay? Inglorious Bastards right now. I'm just 100% oh, okay. into it. Produced by the Glimmer Twins. That's yeah. Taylor came back for that. All right, so you you won't watch a movie in a theater. 
I will not. Wa- I don't want. I don't think it's. I don't want people laughing because I, I don't even like going to the theater anymore. I saw uh, God of Carnage uh, on Broadway, and then James Gandolfini cursed, and the entire audience burst out laughing like yeah. we were in second grade. Yeah, I know. I understand that uh, problem uh, completely, and we also have the problem of lost older people in one of the fucking things where they come in late <laughs> and it's like Sally, Sally. <laughs> And it was like, you fucking get here early if you know you're old. Don't compete with yourself. Last time I went to the movies in the theater, it was the March of the... I don't know why. It was the March of the Penguins. And an old guy guy came in late, just exactly what she said. And he did the same thing. Sally. And she goes, I'm over here. I switched sides. And then he sat down, and I was annoyed. And then I felt better, like everything's fine. And you just hear the guy like a half hour later go, boy, this is nice air conditioning, huh? Yeah. And the weird thing is only elderly people go to independent films. So you're going to a film that you think is hip, and it's just you and people who can't find their seats. <laughs> it's uh, black people and elderly people have now become one and the same in the movie theater. Mm, and they're all voting for Obama. All right, Jay. I like when the old guy goes, yeah, that's your ass now. You got the pistol when you went in the window. Jay, call, wrong with your lips, motherfucker? Bye, Jay guys. call us back after you see the film. All right, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's something else that was interesting to me. Uh, There was so many things in the film where the Jewish guys, the bastards, they were not of that time. They were almost like modern Jewish guys Mm -hmm. sent back in time. Even down to where the bear Jew, after he hit him, was yelling, you know, Teddy fucking, uh, I went yard! That is not the way fucking Jews would be talking in 1945. Number one, you don't say I went yard. Number two, a Jew in Boston at that time probably had just gotten off the uh, boat uh, or maybe one thing before. So he wouldn't necessarily have that Boston accent yet, Hmm. you know. And that was happening throughout the film in different places. You looked at these guys, and it was almost like they were saying, this isn't so much about Hitler, but don't ever fuck with us again. You know what I mean? We're not fucking playing games. They were almost like Israelis. Right. You know? Yeah. Rather than uh, the Jews uh, of that era. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go over here to uh, Pedro. Pedro, you're on a fez. Hey, buongiorno. What can we do for you? Uh, I wanted to talk about the difference in Kill Bill and the new film. Um, I preferred the narrative in the Kill Bill movie because you get to see more going on in the movie and the story going on behind it. Maybe it's because, you know, we're only following one person in Kill Bill as opposed to, you know, the bastards and everyone else. Yeah, you are following. We we brought this up. It's like five different movies, but, you know, Pulp Fiction fell into that, and he does tell uh, stories differently than a Hollywood film. And you don't always need the, you know, how someone grew up. Shoshana, it made sense how we saw, you know, from her childhood and everything like that. But, yeah, I don't. you don't need the, the Jew hunter. We don't need to see his childhood and all that. You don't know. You're going to see the film that Tarantino lays out for you. It always uh, kills me when people show up and say they wish they would have seen a different film. Then you got to start make your own fucking 
films. You I, know? I didn't know how I felt about the 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 narrator. Like, was it Sam Jackson? Yeah. That you know, explaining how film burns faster than paper. I felt like I needed that information, but I didn't know if Sam Jackson was the way to go about it. All right. When you know, let us know, and then we'll uh, debate it. Did you, were you thrown off by the Harvey Keitel and Sam Jackson? No, I, I enjoyed their, I, you know, it was kind of like a fun for a, for a Tarantino fan, you know. That's what I feel like. You show up there, you're watching a Tarantino movie. You're part I, of the crowd. I brought this up to him. At no time, don't you fucking say to yourself, uh, I know I'm, this is me and Tarantino. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like going to a Sidney Pollack film. You're going to see weird, you know... Fuck it. Look, let's face it. You had to know who the players were in fucking World War Two to figure out, oh, Goebbels is a big fucking deal and Hitler. You know, like, th- there's no backstory on those people. They're just saying, here's four fucking names from World War Two. Right. If you were really making a normal movie, that would be it. Churchill was sitting in the fucking background, <laughs> right. and, you know, yeah. not really doing much. It is a bizarre fucking thing. Sam Jackson pops up and, and does the voiceover for a little bit. In a normal movie, that would fucking, I would say, I I, I don't get that. I just, but I'm watching a Tarantino movie, so I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to fucking go along with well, this. He's always done things like that. And remember right. Pulp Fiction when Uma Thurman goes to John Travolta, don't be a, and she makes a sign of a square. Yeah. But Tarantino right. actually shows a dotted square. There's always things that are, it's a grander universe. It's, it's like it's a Tarantino universe. Yeah, and it's like Easter eggs, you know. There's always something to find. Anthony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me um, that sort of lends to what Fez was talking about, about feeling like he spoke French or whatever, was with the uh, subtitles, they, like someone would say we, right? And it wouldn't say yes at the bottom. It would say we. And again, and it, Tarantino... progressed more as the movie went along. Like, yeah. like he would include more words in, just, the, in the those, subtitles. Those, yeah, those subtitles were not exact. They definitely were not exact. Uh, Abraham, you're on Fez. This is uh, Avery. I'm from Maynardville. This is my godfather, home of Aldo Rain. Oh, for you, this was like saying The Godfather? Yes, for you guys, you know, because you're in and around New York City. I fuck, I know where Maynardville is. It's, it put us on the fucking map. Well, I'm uh, so excited. Well, that's a good point. Uh, a lot of people had complaints about Brad Pitt going into this. What did you guys think? I loved him. I thought he was great. And I also loved that they'd never neck scar which played a prominent role, but you were wondering, when's Tarantino going to give us the flashback to Brad Pitt's next scar? So how did he get a next scar, Fezzi? Um, I, th- I figured he was captured at one point and almost hung. Dave? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 maybe I wasn't paying attention. How did he enough? get the next? I hear, uh, I think people are saying because it was a lynching. It was an allusion to him getting lynched back in the day. KKK. So the whole thing, ah. he was an anti- and this is like we talk about this with Tarantino. He has his own backstory for people. This guy was fighting racism even back in fucking Tennessee. He was fighting. That's awesome, ba- Aldo. So he was already a fucking mad dog. Um, I'm. Were you surprised or not surprised that the uh, that the bastards were basically fighting like terrorists? No, I wasn't because that, they were a small squadron. That was the only way to to win. Dane and Georgia, you're on a fez. Hey, uh, I was just wondering what you thought about the uh, German sniper, and it kind of come off to me kind of like he was just trying to get some ass and 
caught up in it. Yeah, it's exactly what he was. He was basically in the same way as if he would have been an American. He was the boy next door. He was somebody that they just used to make, um, uh, you know, to help fucking sell war bonds. Yeah, he was a propaganda symbol. Uh, Goebbels was unbelievable, too. That uh, guy was fucking great. I think it's one of Cheech Marin's best fucking roles. I really do. <laughs> Every time he would look at him, I would say Cheech. Uh, let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron, I got to agree with you. Uh, the dialogue was excellent. But from an artistic standpoint, I thought it was beautifully shot. But the subtitles, they draw my eye to the bottom of the screen. I feel like I miss a lot. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. I don't know why, maybe because I watch so many foreign films that you just have to kind of place your eyes and let it come in. You don't necessarily need to catch every fucking word. I always think of it as, let's suppose you spoke some French, but not all of it, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily catch everything. And at a certain point, the meaning of the film will come by. Now, um... To know, uh, to say to yourself, does that really put Tarantino's dialogue out there where we used to have it? No, it's definitely a different way to look at it. It's not going, you're not going to have the same kind of lines that you had in a, a couple of other films, but you're also seeing it in a whole new way. You know, he, he couldn't write cool because you're actually before cool yeah. at that point. So it's the first time. That he can't do kind of like rockabilly shit. Right. You know? uh, here's uh, Michelle. Michelle, you're on a face. Um, I absolutely love the movie, and the one thing that disturbed me was that he killed off Shoshana. I thought that she should have lived and, and gloried in her triumph of she killing did. all the Nazis. Well, you know, uh, and again, when I talked to him on that short time, he kind of let on that he, this was a character that represented all the heroes who never were acknowledged because the person who ended World War II, no, even the bastards didn't know anything about her story. She, that was just anonymous. And then the other thing that was great about her is like she wasn't being a warrior or a patriot. That was just fucking sick revenge shit. You fucking <laughs> killed my family. I'm not only going to fucking kill you. I'm going to burn you, and I'm going to fucking laugh at you while you were burning. Um, believe it or not, a lot of people write about Tarantino like he's uh, misogynistic, but he's probably written more kick-ass female fucking uh, stars than anybody. Uh, you got M Mia Wallace, which is a great... Alabama Whirly is a great character. Mm -hmm. Jackie Brown, yes, he adapted it, but he directed that film. A uh, really strong character. Mallory. Uh, Mallory from Mickey Mallory. Uh, the Bride. And now Shoshana. I'm probably even missing a couple uh, of them. I think he absolutely sticks up for women. Every but, woman in Death Proof is a strong woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of Death yeah. Proof. Yeah. At the end of the film, they're just kicking the shit out of that guy. Uh, Nate. Nate, you're on the Ron Fez show. Ron, i got to ask you about that scene with the David Bowie song with her, with her getting prepared for that night with, uh, you know, in the, in the red dress. Well, it's almost like with that song, my heart was actually physically pounding in my chest, and you could feel her with David Bowie's voice. You could feel her pain and need for revenge, like that sick revenge you were talking about. Here was the interesting thing of that, and I've talked that I hate when a film uses something that wasn't of that time, you know? 
but I also mark out for Bowie in a big way. <laughs> so here's my two fucking marks <laughs> lining up. But when that fucking went down, uh, I'm in a screening room with nobody else but, you know, fucking, fucking weirdos. And I just wanted to say it all of a sudden, holy fuck, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. He's fucking, not only is he fucking lifting a Bowie song and putting it, but he's taking a theme to another fucking movie and putting it in his movie. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. He's put the theme to cat people in another fucking movie. And it, it, it did fucking kick ass. I hate to say it. I spoke out loud twice during the movie. I saw it by myself and, just, and said, this is awesome, twice. Uh, Jeff in Florida. Hey, guys. Uh, I love the movie, and uh, I have more of an observation than a complaint. Go ahead. Uh, I go to the movies a lot, and uh, I know probably uh, African Americans make up about 20, 25% of the population. But, boy, I mean, going to the movie, uh, well, then again, the whole uh, interracial relationships got has to be even a smaller percentage. But going to see movies on a regular basis, you wouldn't think that because it seems like every movie I go to see, there's a black and white. Well, well, well first of all, we're just talking about Tarantino right now and Inglorious no, Bastards. That's specifically what I was talking about was the projectionist in the movie, how I thought it didn't really fit, and then to have him in an interracial relationship with Shoshana. Well, you know, uh, seemed out of place. I, I think that he wanted to use one black character to say the minority thing. Uh, since he had the Jews represented. But, you know, Quentin is also really attracted and takes a lot from uh, the black culture. So maybe he wanted that. Uh, whether or not they needed to be, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend back in the 1940s, that, that was also France, if you remember, where, uh, what was the black singer that uh, went over there? Uh, um, Not Billy Holiday, but the, before that. The woman, I know who you're talking about. Uh, so th the French were way uh, more open to black culture at that time. Yeah, the, uh, France is it was a lot more liberal mm -hmm. than people realize. I mean, and there are black Frenchmen and French women. So it's not but that crazy. It just crazy. threw you out of the movie that you saw an interracial couple for two seconds? Well, it's exactly like you said. I, I just felt that it almost seemed like he was putting it in there to say, hey, we've got a whole movie here and not one black guy in it, aside from Samuel Jackson doing some uh, commentary. Uh, so. I, I really, you know, I don't have a fucking uh, problem with that. I really don't. Maybe those two, it might have been more powerful if they were just friends working together, you know what I mean? But maybe he felt that it was more powerful that here are these two people that are in love with each other that aren't even going, hey, we can get out of this and go out and live our own life one day. That they did the Romeo and Juliet fucking scene right there in the fucking movie theater. I mean, it was pretty fucking powerful when he flicked that goddamn light in. Yeah, and that's still up to interpretation. They're not necessarily lovers, if that's well, a big deal. she called them my love, and, you know. Yeah. But that's the way French people on. talk. Mm, I still, I, I, I definitely think. That kiss goodbye when he went downstairs and she was in the projectionist room, that was pretty, you know, well, I think it's romantic. You're, you're right about to die, so you're going to give a big kiss. Uh, Andrew in New York. I got a question about the restaurant scene uh, with Shoshana and the Jew Hunter. He orders her a milk, and I was wondering if that was like an indication that he knew who she was, and also with the cream on top of her dessert. You know, I don't think that it, here's what I think that happened. That so many times that Tarantino had laid out that fucking tense thing, mm -hmm. you know, where 
were like, oh, they're having a conversation. Wait, no, they're not. Oh, they're going to get out of this. Oh, fuck, no, they're not. That he gave us one of those Jaws moments where we thought, here it goes again, and then he just pulls it away from us. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, here's another fucking time. We're fucked. And then, boom, it lets it go. And you see her do that big sigh of relief right. and the tears. And that's kind of what the audience was doing. Uh, here is uh, Chris. Chris, you're on a fuzz. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? What's up, Fuzzy? What's up, uh, Dave? How you doing? Crazed. Why are you calling yourself Chris? I said crazed. The guy didn't even know who. The guy didn't even know my my, my name. He didn't even know who I was. Yeah. Anyway, what I was saying was, um, what, what I was saying was, I hated an inglorious bastard. I couldn't follow it for some reason. It was just all in subtitles and just like. I don't know. It's just like... Was what? Did, I, what I was one of your eyes on the subtitle and the other on the screen? I, 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 I tried to read it as fast as I could, but I but before I could read the sentence, the next sentence was up. Are you going to go see Barney Google uh, when it comes out? I don't know what Barney Google is. Honestly. He's got the Google googly eyes. <laughs> All right, so crazed. Uh, but there will be more robot movies. I know you like them. Yep, and I... Uh, but I, but I, but I did step out of, out of the theater, and then I saw a really good movie. Uh, after that, um, I saw Bam. Now, why don't now, you call us with that later? Because we're we're just working on one movie now. But I love to talk about Ben Slam with you later. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. See you later. Here is uh, Jake in Texas. Hey, buddies, how you doing? Hey, yeah. uh, I love the movie, and of course, one other trademark that showed up, uh, the obligatory foot shot, it came uh, towards the end of the movie, it was a badass scene, dedicated total, totally to the foot, loved it. Loved foot, the movie. Uh, yeah, the foot fetish people love Tarantino, he gets toes, and every fucking girl is going to be shown off her toes, <laughs> and he loves that shit. Here's Matt in Arizona. Hey, Ron, I got to say, a quiet character that they didn't really, uh, they highlighted in a scene, but he made an appearance just like tying it in with Tarantino was that major who picks her up and just doesn't give a shit about her. And then he's the guy in the actual tavern. I don't think a lot of people picked up on that. And uh, he plays a pretty strong role. And I tell you, that's, uh, that was one of the most tense scenes uh, out there. So Yeah, and he's like a younger guy. And it seemed like he was almost a little young to be playing that role. But he was everybody that you love to fucking hate in real life. And they were playing that crazy fucking game. Right. Uh -huh. Oh, God, it's just bizarre. Yeah, you would hate him sitting down at your table even if he wasn't SS. That was my favorite scene, too. I worshipped that scene in the tavern. Oh, my God. Uh, Jeff, Jeff in Vegas. Hey, buddies. Um, what I had to say was when, uh, when Hans was interviewing Shoshana about the movie theater, he had one more question to ask her, and he said he forgot what it was. But I'm thinking he didn't actually forget. He's an interrogator. There's no way he's going to forget his line of questions. No, that was if – you, if you go back and look at it, he was kind of like Columbo, where he would be doing all different kinds of things instead of just being direct, like, I'm going to get my paper out here. <laughs> You've got this wonderful milk, your beautiful daughter. Everything is, all right, then I'm going to be going. But he ain't fucking going. <laughs> He's fucking with you. Yeah. Uh, and that's Christoph Walsh. Walsh is his last name? Yeah, I think. Waltz. 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 And um, he's the guy that they're already talking about uh, picking up an Academy Award nomination. It's tough to think that he wouldn't get one. 
Uh, here is uh, Marco in Alaska. Marco. Hey, Ronnie B. What can we do for you? Uh, Friday night, I went to opening night, watched the movie. Movie theater is packed. Couldn't enjoy the movie. Had to walk out halfway through it. People are laughing, making comments. Just fucking like you're with a bunch of fifth graders, you yeah. know, just laughing like they're stupid. Like this movie is just some kind of stupid comedy. They can't enjoy the dialogue, which was great. You know, they can't enjoy the characters. And I know who fucking Mike Myers is. I don't need to start yelling in the middle of the movie about Austin Powers and shit like that. Right. This, this is what you are fucking dealing with in America today. Uh, and Fez brought up, you don't want to see a fucking movie in Times Square because when people get out and they see movies, for some reason, they're like, I need to make everybody in the movie theater laugh at some point. <laughs> and they yell out the most fucking... Uh, stupid, ignorant shit. It always has to do, his ass got fucked up. And then <laughs> everyone laughs like Dave for no apparent reason. And it's just a uh, uh, a stupid thing. Here's uh, Patrick in Boston. Yeah, how you guys doing? Uh, every time Eli Roth spoke in that Boston accent, and every time they mentioned Nantucket Island, our whole theater clapped because we were in Massachusetts. It was actually pretty lame, but... Yeah, I, I, we brought this up <laughs> before. I, I've had it happen in New York. If somebody mentions something about New York, you see a movie and people will yell shit out. Uh, Rob in Connecticut. Yeah, uh, you had said uh, watch for Brad Pitt's face during one part of the scene because yeah. uh, it was great. It w was the part you were talking about, the part where... Uh, uh, Bridget von Hammersmark uh, says she went mountain climbing and that's yeah. how she injured her leg. And it, yeah, his look. On you know that everything was <laughs> fucked, and he was just sitting there like, mm, "God damn it!" His mouth <laughs> yeah. clenched, just, so just fucking hysterical. All right, so overall, we ought to uh, wrap this up, but uh, and then we'll end spoiler alerts right here. Spoiler alert! Uh, but letter grades on the show: A, A plus. A plus. How do you compare this to other Tarantino films? I feel it's my third favorite. Behind? Pulp and Dogs. Uh, same same as Dave. Third, Fezzi? I think it's second, behind Reservoir Dogs. Really? You've moved this film in front of Pulp Fiction? I think I liked it better than Pulp Fiction, yeah. I just watched Reservoir Dogs and Pulp over the weekend, too, just to make sure I wasn't going too nuts. Because yeah. I'm telling you, when you see a Tarantino movie, honestly, I don't know if there's another director who makes me feel like I'm high. Like, when I walk out of the theater, I feel high. I, I, I do, it's just fucking crazy town. But, I mean, Scorsese doesn't even make me feel high the way a Tarantino does. Second, she wrote second after Kill Bill. Kill Bill first. Then, Kill Bill 1 or yeah, Kill Bill Volume 2? She, uh, she's putting them together as a whole. Well, you can't oh, do way, that. The, well, he, the new DVD is coming out that way, though. Yeah. He's putting them all together. Uh, again, either you mark out for fucking Tarantino or you don't. Yeah, I mean, but I don't understand how you can't. If you like cinema, there's so many different ways to like a Tarantino. If you like violence or whatever, if you're that superficial, you'll get that. If you like visuals, you'll get that. If you like dialogue, you'll get that. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing for me. I mean, he hit you with all three. Hello? What the... He does violence like nobody else. I mean, in any other movie, someone just gets shot. 
You see the 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 woman get shot mm. in the theater. But clothes are flying. Pieces of material are That's flying. Artistic. See, yeah, I I like that. Mm. I mean, it's, there's a stylistic thing to it. But for me, you know, visuals are great. But no one else does this kind of dialogue. I will always pick the writing over the directing. And my favorite people do both. That's why I like a Woody Allen, a Wes Anderson, mm -hmm. fucking P.T. Anderson. You feel like you're getting the one voice. And Tarantino's voice has been fucking traveling through all these years. I mean, uh, and here's it, yeah. uh, Matt. Matt, uh, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B., your God. I tell you what, man, I loved this movie. I was real skeptical about it going in uh, just because I heard some reviews that were just saying, you know, it was kind of, you know, pretty flat and, you know, pretty one-dimensional, but there's just so many multifaceted things about it, and I love the total disregard for uh, historical accuracy. Uh, I was laughing very hard at that, too, uh, the first time I saw it, because I'm like, all right, uh, Hitler's in the place. How is this whole thing going to go wrong? I guess they're going to line the bastards up and kill them. Um, somehow Hitler has to get away. Right. So when and, and Hitler dies, and let's face it, as a throwaway character, just Hitler's just taking it like it's not a big deal. And the only person who got the were focusing on you during your death scene was Shoshana. Mm. Even the bastards, they're introduced, they're fucking dead, and then Ryan the Temp lives with him at the end. That was so <laughs> funny. And, uh, so strange. It was great. But here's the other thing. It's like, okay, with Tarantino, I, you know, some of the critics, after I saw the movie, they criticized him for that. But they didn't criticize, like, the Watchmen for having Nixon, you know, he was still the president in well, 1984. I can understand the fucking uh, criticism, but here's the difference. If you're watching fucking JFK, right? It's being presented as truth by Oliver Stone. Yeah. This is just a fucking movie. And if you don't know how Hitler really died, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> right? <laughs> he wanted to say the war ends tonight. And for what, one reason and one reason only. What was that, Fez? Um, for the Jews. No. What was the reason? Closure. No. What was the reason? Don't know. To have the Jew killer be the one who sold them out. Oh. It really had to be about the Jew yeah. hunter making a deal to say, I can end the fucking war tonight. That was the fucking point of why all those guys had to die. So we make this underhanded fucking deal with this underhanded guy. And then uh, Aldo the Apache makes sure he does his fucking call back and leaves that piece on yeah. his fucking head. Boom. End of the story. Everything's okay in Tarantino's um, fucking universe. The lioness is back with its cub, and all is well in the jungle. We'll uh, break here. Right back, Ron Fez. Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. Whatever, you ain't bad, you ain't nothing. I ditch class and go shoot heroin in a school bathroom. Whatever, I ran for Congress and won. Then I had sex with an intern, killed her, and hit her body. Whatever, I'll do what I want. Run a Fez show, 866 run zero fez 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, fez, we got somebody who's also offered to help you 
Jill from Identity Guard okay. said that she can help you uh, set up a whole new system so you can start and live like a regular human being. Fez has somebody who keeps getting into his uh, checking account. Yeah. Uh, again, this weekend, another fraudulent check, counterfeit check, I guess is the word, written in Rhode Island, taking money out of my account. Well, you got nothing to worry about because... The bank will cover for you. The bank's going to cover it. I mean, I put in the, the fraud claim today because I discovered it over the weekend. But it's just the pain in the ass of going through, having to change everything, and more importantly, being targeted by somebody. And I'm convinced that it's somebody that's listening to this show that has somehow gotten some information about me and is now, you know, using it against me to steal from me. Well, however it's happened, I hope we get it all uh, cleared up. But you were you were next to yourself crazy today. I let you run off for a while, and you seem to be okay now. I'm. I mean, I'm still feeling it. That's for sure. I just. I just wanted to stop. Is what I wanted to happen. Hopefully, Jill can help me. Well, I hope it happens for you too. Uh, but you're you're not out any money, and all your bills are going to be taken care of. So. It's one thing, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. I just wish you wouldn't take it to, you know, I worry about your health sometimes. Right, I mean, I do take it personally. I think it's a personal thing to invade my privacy and do this. I'll agree with you there. But you can't get so stressed out that you're not sleeping at night and you're making yourself sick. Right, I mean... You came in here sick today. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally don't feel good over this. And it's driving me nuts, the fact that it's happened again, second time in a month when I thought I had it all taken care of. The thing is, this does happen anonymously. Why are you convinced that it's a listener? Well, I'm just, you know, there's things that have gone on in the past that I know are listeners. Where, you know, any harassing phone call to my home or, or my relatives, I know, that's a, I know that's a listener. I absolutely know it is. I see but, the things on ronfez.net posted about me, horrible things. Right. Th th those are listeners. Right. But then you could be walking out of here, a bus could go by, you get hit by water, doesn't necessarily make it a listener. Right. Well, I mean, there's just, I mean. I don't know whether, can, do you really feel like you can tie this all together? I mean, it feels like it. I mean, there's people, I've gotten nasty emails. Yeah. I know. I mean. I, uh, I'm just saying this now, that if it's someone that's in cahoots with Dave, that, you know, that is you know, someone, one of Dave's friends that's doing this to get back at me, they're going to jail. Well, whoever it is has committed a felony. Right. Whoever has done this has committed a felony. And that goes for anyone who might happen to know about it either, Dave. Just so you know. Are you, if you're implying me, then that's crazy, because this is serious fucking business. I have nothing to do with serious it. Serious, And the other one. But I would hope that you're just jo joking now. I certainly ha am not stealing from you. No, anyone who's stealing from you. No one probably is. Your right, well, well, no credit. one's stealing from me? Your credit has... Uh, no, I'm saying no one that you let, know. Let, let me talk to Fess for a second. What? Obviously, Dave's too stupid to do anything along these lines. Sure. But why would you think that he even knows about it? Um, I don't know. It's, I'm just wondering if it's somebody that wants to get back at me for any sort of fight that I've had with Dave. Okay, well, I get the death threats to my house, so now I'm going to blame them on you. So now we're going to just do that then. 
because I'm not going to let you slander my name. Is this the way you're trying to make him feel better? And this is your fucking way of calming him down? What, uh, Could I fucking get a l- little bit of help? Sorry. What are you going to do? And that you're, sorry. And, and that you're going to add that to him, that you're going to fucking go after him and wait for him to what? Spin off the fucking end here? No. Are you on the edge today? Yeah, I've been on the edge for quite a while. Why are you on the edge? Why am I on the edge? I got, I got, I have just as much, if not more, financial problems than Fez does. Well, it's not fucking based on that. He's not saying it about financial stuff. Someone's stealing from him. You can't see beyond that. I can. I was ready to help him just five seconds ago. He implied well, what are you that I was. At him? He implied that I, I'm, I'm a part of this. He just implied that. That's why I'm on the edge. Don't I don't f- think that he fucking implied that. He's saying if you know who's behind it. If you know, if it, if I think it's a listener, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced it's someone that listens to this show that's got a beef against me. Who would have a beef against me? Somebody who's picking up for you. Okay, I'm, what I was so simply I'm, saying is that if I've gotten some threats in my life, I've never associated them with No threats. one has ever, and even the security here, has ever believed that your threats were real. Well, that's not true, because I've reported them to NYPD, and they they've come They were in your in. handwriting, Dave. No, they weren't. They were typed. And if we're going to, you know, they, they were typed. Could this be Fez's moment, not be about you? I was, you had your opportunity? I was not talking when he brought this stuff up at all, until he blamed fact, me. Remember did I blame you, or did I say, here's where my path of thinking is going, do you know anything? Can I just say something? We know Dave doesn't know. We know this. Look at him. He wouldn't be able... During that moment of quiet, he would yell it out. He can't fucking it. not... See, now he's joking, but he wouldn't be able to fucking hold it up. I don't know what happens on this fucking show. If someone comes in and goes, Oh, I stepped on a nail. That person will go, Oh, two weeks ago, I had a piece of glass in my... Well, what always makes everyone take it back to themselves? As a matter of fact, remember the first time you brought this up and we came back from the last vacation? Right, yeah, the first t- check, yeah. Yeah, Dave stepped on you and told some other story about you losing $20 or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, what happened was that was after the last vacation and he had had the birthday party for his wife yeah. in Atlantic City. So we heard about him trying to get his deposit back from the hotel. Like, he had to put so much money up to use a card there. Maybe if we would have worked on it last time, we would have got to the bottom of this. We would have got the help. Fezzi came in looking for help last time. You immediately jumped on it, started talking about you didn't get your fucking deposit back for your hotel. I don't recall it going down like that. I remember we were talking about it, but I don't remember, like, stepping on him. I remember I... Fez said fucking one line. I'm looking, I'm like, what? And the next thing I know, we're talking about your fucking deposit... And all of a sudden, we're taking calls. And your debit card. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I was just, you know, we... Now I'm wondering friends, friends share. Did you purposely try to keep Fez's story off the air? Maybe. You can't yell at him and then a second later go, maybe. You got to go one way or the other. And Fez, I think you're way too early in this to know who's doing this. Mm-hmm. For you to be thoroughly convinced of something, you're not at the point yet that that makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm going, I'm, trust me, I'm emotional about this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I mean, I can't help going where my emotions are taking me. 
And are you satisfied, Dave? No, because I'm not making him cry. No, but him thinking about it is making him fucking cry. So, look, I didn't make him cry, but I'm fucking sensitive to it. Right. I don't act like it's nothing. I never said you made me cry. I just was... The I'm only... the one getting ripped off, and I'm always the one that's paranoid. That's true. Then I, you know... The only reason why I talked during this whole thing is because you were looking at me saying, and it's one of Dave's friends, and, and uh, if Dave knows anything about it and stuff like that. Which no I one don't. Thinks it's Dave. He was looking at Just me. Just relax. And you still have money. I mean, that, that's a comforting thought. It's n trust me. It's not about the money. I know I'm getting the money back. I got the money back on the first check. I'll get the money back on the second. I'm getting stolen from on a monthly basis. My fucking financial life gets turned upside down every thirty days. I've got people dependent on me with that money that now I cannot touch for probably another seven to ten days. And you're saying it's no big deal, you got more money? Is that your point, Dave? I'm saying you could take comfort in the fact that your money's going nowhere. At least you have some money in the bank. So it's okay for me to be stolen from? No, it's not. Are you saying he's blowing this out of proportion by no. crying? Well, I mean, what are you uh, saying? I'm not saying he's blowing out of proportion uh, that you're pissed off that you're being stolen from, but you will be covered. I mean, if you look at things, you know, glass half full, you're going to be covered. So you're saying this more as a... It's an irritating rob thing. Rob from the rich, give to the poor. No, because he'll be covered. I'm saying it's, to me, it's, it's no To me, it's no different than if they came in my house and took the money and walked out and I still got the money back. Yeah, I still have someone walking around my house. To me, it's no different. And I'm going to find out what I can. I hope you do. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm, hoping you don't find these thieves. I'm going to use this. I'm gonna... Wait a minute. Hold on. You just said plural. Thieves. That's right. Why would you know there was more than one? Because Why I would, would it just be one? Because we said that earlier in the show. That, there are, someone, that, seemed, odd, that seemed odd to me. Someone had to send the check up to Rhode Island and then another one to um, Canada. Canada? Or wherever the other one went. <laughs> that was Canada, right? Calgary, uh, Can Niagara Falls, Canada. For uh, Niagara Falls is in the United States, oh. as you know. Uh, but the interesting thing here is you seem to know some facts that aren't even out on the fucking air yet. You seem to know uh, the Canadian thing we never said on the air. Well, yeah. He told us that. No, he didn't. I... He said Buffalo, Niagara Falls yep. was the first one. Second one, Rhode Island. I never... There is a Canadian connection. I never mentioned the thing about Canada. Wow. Never. Well, then put me, then hire me. Put me on your detective list, and I'll get to work. And say what? Catch yourself? Takes the thief to catch a thief? Is that it? I will give. I will. I will give up the right hand of both of my children if I'm stealing money from Fez. I will do that on the air, live for everyone to see. I will take a knife and saw off the hand of no my one children. No believes it's you. If you would just calm down, no one ever even fucking accused you. I never accused you. 
Ron asked me why I would think it would be a listener. What reason would there be? I gave a reason. That they were friends with me, and then you said, and Dave might Doesn't know something. Doesn't necessarily make them friends with you. Well, Dave used those words. He said they're friends with, they might be friends with Dave, and Dave, if he, if he knows something. You're being very fucking defensive right now, That's Dave. for sure. I'm being defensive because I was attacked. If I don't attack, then it's Dave's being guilty by not speaking up. This is about Fez right now for five minutes. Okay, I'll stop talking. What are you fucking, what are you looking up over here? I want to see if I'm getting fucked with. You're going into your bank account. Yeah, I want to make sure. I, I want to make sure that looks like we're all good. Yeah, it's still at a zero balance. Looks like I got my 98 still in there. That looked like my bank account in third grade. Yeah, I know. Were you trying to put that out to show that there's not an extra couple G's? <laughs> trying to, yeah, that's what I'm trying to show. Do you see any deposits in here? Uh, TC, you're on my Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, it looks like uh, Daily Leader's already put up a, a poll on RonFez.net trying to guess Fez's, uh, Fez's passcode. See, I got, uh, yeah, and I'm just crazy. I'm just paranoid. People don't come after me on things. You think it's tied in with the plan? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's someone who, you know, wants to be part of the plan. With Eastside Dave. Maybe, maybe that's, it's somebody that thinks they're helping Dave by doing this. Because trust me, I know I can feel it. I am so on the edge from this thing. What can you feel? I just it. My chest is killing me. I feel like I'm going out of my mind. I feel like I can't hear one more bit of bad news. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I can understand Fez. I understand you're upset about the whole deal, and I hope you you can find who's at fault for this whole deal. But Dave's trying to show some genuine concern, and you can hear the compassion in his voice, and you're just being a dick about it. I'm not being a dick. I'm trying to figure out who's stealing from me. And if it's somebody that knows me through this show, that's the path I'm I'm focusing on. Yeah, I'm being a dick when thousands of dollars and fake checks are being written out of my account. I'm being a dick when people call my house harassing me. I'm being a dick with every negative post on Ronfez.net. And all this started after the lettuce wraps thing? And they made fun of you for eating lettuce wraps? Oh, yeah. Pro yeah, I guess. When did it start? When did you feel like the harassment started? Um, oh, probably around the first time, uh, probably a little bit before the, uh, the first check got stolen. Maybe a few weeks before that. Here's our good friend, um, Paul, 
Uh, well, let's go to Tom from Madison. Tom from Madison first, our buddy. How are you? Hey, buddy. Fezzi, I'm, I'm feeling for you out here. I, I get what angle you were saying as far as, as the potential for somebody involved in this little interpersonal radio war thing that's going on with with the crew there. But, you know, I think you're on the right track with, with getting Jill. I think a good P.I. could start to correlate whether there's any relation between the amount where they were done, et cetera. But to me, as a truck driver from Madison, Wisconsin, it really smells of a family member or someone at the fucking bank. Who else would get be able to get that information? And are they actually checks of yours, or are they fraudulently manufacturing their own? They're counterfeit checks. These They're are, not my checks. These are counterfeit checks, but the interesting thing is Fez has it with him right now, and he showed it to me. Somebody is also copying his... Uh, your signature down to fairly close. I mean, if yeah. I didn't know that, if I was just glancing at it, I'm sure if I sat there and went over it, I could wait. There's a loop here, but it looks like your signature. Yeah, they're forging my signature on these fake checks. And you feel like uh, a lot of this all just got started with the back and forth stuff when shit blew up on the air. Yeah, I mean, that's when this started. You know, well into it, probably about, I'll, I'll say, as, as I think about it, probably about a month and a half afterwards, after and, it started. And Dave, you're guaranteeing no listener involvement. I'm saying I have nothing to do with this. I'm not guaranteeing no listener involvement. I find it probably coincidental. But who the fuck knows? Maybe someone is an asshole. But they certainly aren't connected to me in any way. Nor are they connected to anyone who really cares about the Ron Fez show. Because anyone who would would not fucking go to this lunacy. Here's uh, Fred from Brooklyn. Hey, Fred. Man, um, I feel for you, Fezzy. Um, this has been done to me in my life. I understand. But, boy, I got to tell you, I, I, people accuse me of telling Ron what's happening to me in my life. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have kept so much from you, Ron. I, I, I don't even... I don't even tell you half the things because it's not your problem. But my speaking up, I know, has, has fucking hit me hard, man. I know it. And, and if I told you for real what's happened to me, I think you'd be shocked. I, I, it's not my place. When it, when it got personal into my family, I try to stop that. But um, I've never told you about the Dun & Bradstreet reports, the uh, financial investigations on my part, the... Uh, uh, the, the the using of my name on the internet improperly, I, it's endless what has happened to me, and I've kept it to myself. Do you feel like these are the same people that are harassing Fezzi? There's a ruthless bunch of IP fucking assholes in this community who know how to touch every button inside the corporate world, and they do it for a certain crowd. I've seen it done in instances. I, I, I can't be specific as to who, but there is definitely a group. Definitely a group. No doubt about it. So you think this is what Fez has gone through, and you, you feel the same way as, as Fred? This, I mean, I haven't talked to Fred about this. This is exactly how I feel about it. This is, a, this is the first thing I thought of. When it happened again, why would somebody who... Why would someone risk trying to do it again yeah. unless it's, you know, one of the other motives besides theft is to harass? Do you know that there are some people's sole intentions on the Internet to be as mean as they possibly can and they, and they get and they get re rewarded by their peers? Dave, are you uh, denying this stuff happened to Fred? I, I've never heard of this shit. I've never heard of this, what he's talking about. 
I've had to change several things on the internet. There was one com- I, there was one company I was advertising with in the Yellow Pages at one time, Ron. Mm-hmm. I was spending seventeen thousand dollars a month advertising with this company. My entire online profile was destroyed to the point where business stopped coming. That company is now suing me for not paying them. It's dragged into thousands and thousands of dollars of problems affecting my business in all ways. And, and listen, I, 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 I can't pinpoint it, but I know. I, just, I know for a fact. I know for the endless crank phone calls to my business during a period of time. It's amazing how much this sounds like Fez's story. It's the exact same thing. I mean, I I understand information is out there. No, there's an intentional search for it, and when it's found, it's done underground once again by anonymous people hiding behind anonymous names on anonymous boards that think it's fucking endless that they can just do this. And, man, if there's any way I can help you, Fezzy, maybe we'll... Tap into a little what happened to me. But this, an, an, this anonymity on the Internet um, really brings the worst out in people when they can act on their devilish side and nobody knows it's them. And it's happening. Do not doubt it for a fucking second. I've had to shut down parts of my business that have been running for 20 years successfully because I got into arguments with people. My kid had to drop out of his college fucking radio class because his podcast that he was doing for a college radio station, the, the, the website was bombarded, which he's a faggot. His father should die. I've seen it on all fucking ends, and I just stay silent. You, I promised you in a meeting that we had that I'd never fucking fire back, man. Mm. And I tell you, I... I at the pain I've gone through, I haven't even brought up to your attention. I'm too much of a guy to, to just... To, to tell you that, but bro, I, I speaking up for what I believe in in this community has has done more to my bad health than um, fighting so for my family. You've never done things under anonymity, or under anonymity, but there's a specific. No, no, no. You, you've never done things under anonymity. Under anonymity, never. You've never no, posted thanks. things. Never. So you've never posted rude. You you've never had podcasts of your own running down people's wives. Not under anonymity. So he's always been up front. Right, uh, but but so um, like fake, you know, uh, Twitter names and shit that match to your speaking and match to the way you type and everything. That's like a coincidence. Never. Have never. you ever uh, done? Uh, have you ever um, flattened anyone's tires when living in Brooklyn? Oh. Have you ever sent uh, letters? What, what, what is your point? Are you accusing or are you asking questions? Well, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering because... Are you saying he did this to you? I'm just wondering. You know, he, 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 he talks a, a big, uh, a huge game of, you know, people attack and, uh, anonymously, but I feel like, you know, Fred has... Are you saying that I slashed tires? I'm not saying anything, Fred. I didn't say that. I'm, I'm going to do my detective work now. Everyone's playing a little fucking Magnum P.I. What do you see, a plan, Dave? There's a plan I see against a plan. you? I see a plan. I think I, I see a plan against me forming. Um, I think it's probably Fred. Possibly Fez is in it. And I think I'm somebody in your camp making everybody else look like shit to prevent themselves. You're obsessed with someone who's been off the Internet for a month. Yeah, but the damage was done. 
<laughs> and you're still going on about it, Fred. No, it, that, that, the, the, the person hadn't posted or done anything about you in a year, two Who years. Who are we talking about? My wife. Okay. She hadn't done shit to Fred in two years. You're Ooh. fucking uh, delusional and, ups and obsessed. You are so fucking wrong and you are so stupid. No, you're My stupid, Fred. You're stupid for thinking that you know everything that goes on, on the Internet and you oh. fucking jump to conclusions faster than the shittiest Murder, She Wrote episode. I am more observant than you will ever become, Dave. No, you're, you're, you're psychotically observant. You're not. So, hold on. Let, let me try to... You're saying he's obsessed with your wife and, Fred, you're saying this with you. I am saying that once I was tarnished, it still goes to this day. Your business is fine. No one ever how tarnished. You know? No one tarnishes you his business. How would you know what, how his business is going? He's brought this up before. We saw the the post or the thread of something where someone was, was said that he's like a he fixes uh, he does something he does some sort of construction. That was what people said. It had no attack on his business. It, your wife posted my company name. I don't. I know. I don't know about that, Fred. I, you know, I can't keep surveillance on people, even my wife, twenty-four-seven. She was on Pal Talk today. She's allowed to go on Pal Talk and talk to a friend of hers. She's not going on uh, message boards talking about the show. She's not talking about the show. She's an American who pays for Pal Talk. She's allowed. Oh, to, first of all, she's allowed to go, go anywhere she wants. No yes. one ever said that. So, well, then Fez, then why is Fez saying that? Well, Fez and her had problems. That has nothing to do with anything. He just fucking said something too. Again, Dave, this was Fez's fucking thing, right? Uh, then Fred calls to agree. Why do you go bringing yourself and you know your people in? Because I'm not going to let Fred pretend that he's Mr. Johnny Innocence and he's he all the things that he said about himself he's done to everyone else in the uh -huh. internet community. Every you were like a, a hysterical, you know, put the mirror up to your fucking image, Fred. Everything you just said, you've been guilty of. So if people have fucked with you, that's unfortunate. But it's it's stopped. We had a sit down a year and a half ago on the Ryan Fez show. Everyone was cool. Then you you realize, you know what? I'm Fred. I like conflict. I'm going to start fucking shitting on people on my podcast and and pretending, possibly pretending that I'm uh, f fake people's names and going after them that way. What I'm doing, Dave? Dave, you know what? I have never been anything but myself. I'm Fred from Brooklyn no matter where I go. I have never been anything fake, and nor can I falsely represent myself. You've never created a fake message board name ever in your life? Never. In your life? You just said never. How many times are you going to say it? The only name that is not me is the original one I signed on to Whack Bag. Oh, there, there, there's one, then. There's what? one. Oh, my God. Well, that's not the same. Thing. Oh, well, it is. It is. I never created a different uh, fake name, but there, there, there's one. So, oh, he, so I, uh, you know, if we, I have to keep asking you follow-ups, are you going to be honest? Dave, you're going all over the place, Dave, to protect something. My name was Entry because I wasn't Fred from Brooklyn. I wasn't known as Fred from Brooklyn yet. I was Whack Bag Entry on Pal. That's not your name, is it? That's not your name. So that so there might so uh, David McDonald. All right, Dave, I just Megan P.I. you. Seriously, Dave. Yes. I don't want a bunch of fucking inside internet talk. Fez's fucking bank account got busted into. That's what we were discussing. It cannot constantly go back to your stuff. It can't. Let him have his stuff today. He wants to team up with Fred. 
Ron, the bottom line is I have no vested interest in this show other than you giving out that fucking phone number and me calling when I'm bored driving in my car. That's all I have ever done for this fucking show. If you've called me up to the studio, you asked me other things or whatever, I swear it started with a fucking phone call. That's all I ever wanted to do was call a show. Wherever it went from there was people's own perception, man. I, I, all I ever did for you, Dave, was give you a truck when you needed one, and this, I, and, I, I don't true. know where it turned. I have no fucking idea but, where it turned. It wasn't me. Right, we're I, gonna, Fred, we're going to have you come in one day this week, all right, buddy? All right, man. All right, talk to you later. Thanks, Fred. Nobody knows who stole Fez's money. Nobody knows this. Why is this fucking suddenly turning into a goddamn Mexican standoff? Fucking I don't know. people pointing at Fez, people pointing at Fred, people pointing at Dave. Chris Stanley doesn't seem to be in any of these problems. No. <clears throat> uh, here's uh, Antonio in North Carolina. Hey, uh, y'all did say those were fraudulent checks, right, Fez? Right. Yeah, well, I used to be a crack addict. I'm in recovery I now. I you're a bad person. That used, to, that used to be part of my scheme was washing checks, and I'm going to tell you the two ways that I've done it. Okay. I was a, I, all right, I was a mover, and I would be in people's houses, and I was always constantly looking for their checks, and I would get one check out of their checkbook. That's one way of doing it. From in the middle. That, you can use that check over and over. The other way is back when, back in the early 90s, when people were still paying their bills through paper checks in the mail, we'd go around to the mailboxes and get their checks out and wash the name off of it and put a new name on it. But you have to have somebody that's cashing the check that's in on it also. So have you had any checks stolen from you or paid any bills with the paper check lately? Uh, well, with the, um, I haven't lost any checks. They're all accounted for. And the only two checks that I have written as, uh, with this new checking account that they got a hold of was my rent check and one to my psychiatrist. Those are the two checks that I've written. Hmm. If it's someone in the rent office. Now, it could be the rent office. It could be somebody who... You know, a maintenance guy at your place who's able to go in and, you know, could pull a check. Right. I don't fucking know. We don't know. I mean, the the point before you get accusing, you got a long way to go. And, Davey Mack, apparently you have all these problems with Fred from Brooklyn. That you think that he's the person harassing you all these years? I think he's a main suspect. Why would that just come out today? After you said that this has been going on for a year and a half. Because this I is haven't the first time able, I've ever heard of it. Because it's been ratcheted up recently. It's all this shit's been ratcheted up. Where I've gotten fucking letters and there's been posts and they all match the fucking same handwriting. But th does there seem to be two sides on this? Does it seem like there's bad folks on each side doing stuff? I don't think that. Uh, I I think that if. No, I think that Fred. No, I really don't. I think if any shit that was been done was squashed a year and a half ago at the Ron Fez sit-down, which we had on 57th Street. Since then, there hasn't been any aggressiveness from one side. 
and for the longest time from both sides. But then the last few months, um, coincidentally, when there's been flare-ups on the show between me and Fez, Fred or, or some certain people decide, let's ratchet it up. Let's make the fucking death threats on Dave again. So you feel like Dave has hit, I mean, Dave has a team Dave that you're not necessarily running. And Fez has a team, Fez, I'll say I, that I, he's not necessarily running. I feel like... I'm running the Wolfpack right now, right. and I'm trying to fucking get Donnie Dumfrey uh, off and running. Maybe Fez has a plan. Don't be silly. Are you serious, though? I don't know, Ron. My, but my point is this. Let's suppose both you guys have people who like you, right? Mm-hmm. And when they hear Fez be mean to Dave, they go after Fez. When, Fe, when Dave is mean to Fez, they go after Dave. That would make a little fucking sense. Now, there could be some ringleaders in there. It's not necessarily means that you guys are running it, but your actions on the show might help to flame the fucking fires. For you to sit here after a year and a half and me never once hearing that you thought that that person years ago when you lived in Brooklyn was harassing you was Fred is stunning to me. Well, it's, you know, recent developments. I mean, you don't always put things together. What are the recent developments? He's been a fucking uh, uh, evil. He's he's dedicated three hours of his show to my wife on his podcast, calling her a cunt. I mean, people are going to stand by this guy who calls a woman a cunt, who's stayed away from him and his fucking websites for years, and he's calling her a cunt and a bitch and a slut and fat and all this fucking shit. That's what he does with his fucking three hours of a podcast every fucking show, and the fact that it mysteriously matches the fucking posts and the fucking fake tweets account. And the fucking death threat letters that I get home. But they all match the same fucking thing. But no, it's not him. Maybe it's not him. Maybe he's got a team. Maybe everyone's got a fucking team. Maybe I'll hit the fucking plan sounder. Maybe everyone's got a fucking plan. Who fucking knows? But the fucking fact of the matter is, it seems fucking weird. Are you stealing fucking Fez's act? Are you fucking Fez now? No, but my point is... I mean, is... do you realize this is 100% of Fez's act? And you're doing it on the day that his money got stolen? I'm not doing his act. You're I'm... definitely, you're the paranoid crazy person on the day that he's the paranoid not, crazy person. I'm not paranoid. There, there's Chris difference. Stanley, look at me. I don't I'm think, not paranoid. Do you understand that? the fucking madness that's surrounding me here? Everyone's pretty fucked up right now. Do you, do, am I crazy or is he has completely lifted Fez's persona? It's sounding a little paranoid. Well, no, just just with now, this one guy. Are you guy. listening to some podcast for three hours? What? Are you listening to a podcast for three hours? No, people people listen to it and send what us people? fucking audio clips. I don't know, strange people don't always sign See, their there's name. There's your fucking problem. Who are these strange people? Well, it doesn't. It, it, this is the same thing I try to fucking tell Fez. But it doesn't negate the fact that I get audio of him. I can hear it, and he's saying these things. Well, did you ever once decide to talk to him man to man? Of course, yes, I've texted him. I've, I've said, Fred, leave my wife alone. Fred, stop. He, he texted me one time, uh, your, your wife is, is just doing weird shit. And I go, huh? I just texted back, huh? H-U-H, uh, question mark. I'm not even understanding this. Neither do I. Um, I Matt, think that people can just be cool. Matt, you're on a fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, coming from a, just a police standpoint... You guys talking about everything that's going on with this is really going to fuck an investigation up a lot, probably, because it sounds like whoever's doing this to Fezzi is definitely getting off on listening to the show, because they wouldn't do it again 
like they wouldn't risk doing it again if they didn't really like. So you agree with Fez that this is just a personal thing on him? This is not just somebody going out get money. No, I think this is definitely somebody that's also getting off on, you know, uh, you know, getting off on hearing on the radio everything that he's doing and driving Fez crazy, and you're kind of like making it easier to cover his tracks because you're going over all the different ways that you could try and figure out who this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it's it's kind of it. If, if I was investigating this, I would be banging my head against the wall that you guys are talking so much about this right now. Well, well, the cops could have told Fez keep it off the air. Nobody will talk to Fez. No, I tried to go through the bank. They won't. They say they say we'll put in a claim and we'll get your money back, but they won't give me any information about how to stop this or who's doing it. Jason in North Carolina. Yeah, I was just wondering if Dave used to carry his lunch to school in a big brown paper bag. <laughs> That's Fezopi's A huge paper bag. Fez, I see you're rubbing your chest over there. You having a heart attack? I'm not having a heart attack, but that's where I feel all my stress at. You should feel better that that cop, finally somebody, agreed that this is just done to drive you crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the amounts that happen, it's not enough to change that person's life. It's not enough (laughs) to ruin me. It's enough to harass me. Yeah, but... It's probably hard to cash like a $20,000 check, right? I mean, you got to be in and out for, you know, four or five grand. I guess so. I'm not, and it's always like odd amounts, you know, like, uh, you know, and 37 cents. So it looks like I'm paying some sort of bill. Where the hell is the Caraco that just beat Japan? Curacao. They're in the Caribbean. The fuck is that? I never heard of this place. Curacao. Curacao. That sounds Japanese. Good team. Great team. One, one of my teams. They're in the Caribbean. They're like their own island. Since when? I'll fucking go down this next week. Lay in the sun for a week. They're one of my prospects. I think Curacao, California are going to make it all the way. Uh, David, you're in my Fez. Hey, Ronnie. First off, let me say, Fez, I'm sorry about your checks and all that shit. That really sucks. But to get to, like, the detractors in this clan or Dave's, like, group of people who are going off and making some kind of... You're in a fucking public environment. Ignore the detractors and ignore the bullshit because that's all it is. And you're making a mountain out of a fucking molehill. Does it feel like a molehill to you, Fuzzy? Uh, no, not when someone's stealing my money. No. I didn't. I set the money aside. That's a different situation. Not when someone's calling my uh, family's home. Not when someone's calling my home, which, by the way, happened again this weekend. What they say? Write it down. Actually, it was. Um... So you're getting harassments, Dave. I'm just trying to to, and to actually getting harassments. I'm identifying and, with instead him. Instead of you guys fucking teaming up together. You're acting like the other side is doing it. I wasn't acting like that until today. And I'm still not even sure. Oh, this is to you? Uh-huh. The joke's on them because you weigh more than that. So, whatever. Hmm. Uh, Adam in Florida. Uh, Ron, I just want to say thanks for running one of the best soap operas I've ever heard. It's just fantastic stuff. Uh, Kurt, Kurt, you're on a Fez. You know, Fez, to make things even worse, 
everybody you do electronic banking with has access to your account and your routing number. So there's no safe way to bank. Uh, Walker, you're on a fez. Hey, Dave, uh, can you tell us that story again about when your dad squirted your ass all out after the beach in the driveway? That's Fez's story. I was eight. That's Fez's story. And Sandy. And uh, we had sand. I'm having Fred step in this week. Let's see if you're that strong then. <laughs> okay. Because that came out of nowhere today, the screaming of Fred. And as far as I know, everything with Fred has been over for a long time. Well, he's done podcasts recently about attacking my wife, calling her a cunt, calling her fat. Did I you have, hear it? I, Ron, I have, I have things on my internet of him posting pictures of my wife on a fat loop, uh, uh, between a, a loop of fat girls. And I have the thing where it says, Fred from Brooklyn. Underneath it. Fez, is he working for Team Fez? I never heard any of Dave's story. I never heard any of the stuff that had happened to Fred in the past year and a half. But there is a Team Fez. You you can fucking agree to that, right? Oh, I mean, there's people like Dan LaRoe, yeah. That want to stick up for me on the on RonFez.net. You guys are starting to go bananas. I'm really fucking feeling like Lord of the fucking flies. Like one of these days, Dave's going to come in here wearing a fucking pig head on top of him and just be chasing Fezzy around with a fucking spear so he can use his glasses to start a fire. Give me the conk. I want a meeting right now. Uh, Steve in Quebec. Ronnie B., it's a lover's triangle if I ever heard it. Do you honestly think so? There's something going on, either uh, someone that says he's been involved with, uh, and it's payback time. Punch it out. A lot of stuff is just crazy talk. A lot of it just comes back crazier than the fucking moment before. Trying to figure out what a fat loop is. A loop of fat girls is what I meant to say. Like we would know what a fat loop is. I misspoke. All this excitement has got me tongue-tied. He's and got I'm not my wife on a fat loop. The best public I mean, speaker crazy to talk. begin with. It sounds like an exercise machine. Oh, jeez. Now you had to say that. She's imperfect. That implies that she's fat. You just got to fucking... Everybody's got to take a, a step back. Just take a step back for a change. I know you're going through a lot of stress and anxiety right now, right? Yes. Yep. Um, according to this, one of the most respected ways now, treatment for conditions, stress, anxiety, and this is coming out of San Francisco, it's a drum circle. <laughs> you just really need to be there in a drum circle. I know we're off next week. Burning Man. Fez goes out. You're in the desert with a bunch of fucking hippies. You're eating mushrooms. You're eating ecstasy. Just sitting in that heat, pounding on a fucking drum circle till you pass out. I don't want to, like, spit in the face of, you know, uh, psychotherapy, but do I have to take the hallucinogenics or can I just drum? Are you going to have water? Yeah, I'm going to have water. Then you're going to be doing hallucinogenics anyway. So why not just (laughs) fucking know yourself? You're going to be dosed. 
You got to fucking get your glow stick on, dude. It's tough. I agree with this study. I mean, drumming is its very cathartic. And you don't have to be, you know, you can learn quickly how to play the drums. I'm not saying you're going to learn quickly how to be Keith Moon. Well, in the drum solo uh, circle, it's the same as clapping. You just, if you can fucking keep time with everybody else, just fucking clap. You know, you only have to do that much to stay in the drum circle. If you can do this, you, you won't be kicked out of the drum circle. They do these in the... Uh, in fucking Central Park sometimes, Fez. You go over that. I'd like to see you go straight into the desert. It's going to be 130 degrees. Yeah. You're lighting shit on fire. You're living in a very fucking kind of a Mad Max world for a week. Mm-hmm. Eating shrooms. That's all you need right there. And this helps people? Brings down stress and anxiety. You'll fucking forget that everybody's stealing your money. Mike Kaka's brother's going out there. Says you want to fucking hop a ride with him, stay in his tent. He goes out every year. John Kaka will be deep in the desert. Cupcake, man. Hey, dude. You need a Cupcake. Mike was in with us uh, uh, weekend, but a couple of the Irish girls with us. Let's oh. just say we were having a time. <laughs> having a time. Deep in the desert. You and John Kaka. No hotels, just tents, huh? There's no hotels out there, dude. Burning Man. Ask Mike if you borrow his $3,000 sunglasses. <laughs> it's going to be bright in the <laughs> desert. Think about it, Fezzi. Take a break here. We come back. Lou Holtz has made a guarantee. Notre Dame will play in the BCS title game. The year is 1989, and we are the Ron Fez Show. Show. 866 run zero fez 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, this is a shocking to me, Fez. I'm not up to what uh, Notre Dame's team looks like this year yet. I don't follow them that closely, but the last few years doesn't sound like uh, the program is on the right tracks. And now to hear Lou Holtz say, yeah. We're going to do the BCS game this year. Yeah, Notre Dame going to go. I don't. Uh, I don't know what information Lou Holtz is getting from Charlie Weiss that would make a difference. I mean, they, I know you're a Notre Dame fan. Do you, do you check in to see what kind of class they had coming in? Do you pay attention to what's going on over the summer, or you just wait and start watching like the rest of us? I usually just wait till the season starts. Well, maybe they. Maybe all you need in college football is like for a great. Class to suddenly come together. Dave, you're an old-time Notre Dame fan. You yeah. uh, believe it in this at all? I do. I, I, and I'm so happy that Coach Holtz uh, you know, went out there on a limb. But the fact of the matter is they have one of the best freshman classes coming in. They also have, finally, uh, gonna be a ju- their quarterback is going to be a junior. And, you know, he's really struggled. Obviously, his freshman year he struggled. Last year, he did a little bit. A lot, but yeah. But he showed some improvement towards the end of the year. And when you're a junior, start, it's getting shit done. Also, Charlie Weiss is going to start play calling. And, and Isn't Charlie Weiss in the bubble this year? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. But, but Even though he had signed his gigantic contract, it doesn't yeah. mean shit? Yeah, like a 10-year, $40 million yeah. deal. But why would anybody be on the bubble, Fez, since when they bring in somebody new, they don't seem to get going anyway? Why not just give the guy a couple years and say, uh, we're a team that cares too much about academics, and we're not going to be able to win anymore? Well, Why not just admit that? <laughs> well, no, I think that they kind of want to restore their football program back to where it used to be. When's the first college football game, Fez? I think it's the first weekend in September, whatever that is. Maybe like the 6th, 5th or the 6th, something like that. I think it's when it starts. I, I, and, and Lou Holt said this, and I thought it was really intelligent. He said, all Notre Dame has to be is the best team in the stadium, and their schedule isn't the strongest because of the history of Notre Dame. If they can go undefeated, they'll get to play in the BCS championship. But how many times do we hear something from the Notre Dame people about how they've turned this thing around? 20 fucking years now. Yeah. I'm not impressed, dude. I mean, last year was the Hawaii Bowl, the Honolulu Bowl. That yeah. that was what they got to. Because And I, I think that was the first bowl in years that they even won. Right, but mm-hmm. you can turn a, around a college football program within a couple of years now because if you go after the right players. Yeah. It's not like, you know, guys can have fucking play. USC has to fucking get rid of great players all the time, so they got to be able to bring in great guys. And when Charlie took over play calling last year, they were substantially better offensively, and that's why he's doing it this year. Well, we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah, now I saw something on uh, Twitter where that says that... You're still doing the Twitter? I love the Twitter, Mr. B. You didn't know? Oh, yeah, you should check out my Twitter, uh, RF Eastside Dave. But there was actually two professors at uh, Vermont University... And what they did was they analyzed all the posts on Twitters where people are talking about, you know, days of the week. And they found out that most people feel that Wednesday is the worst day of the week and not Monday, which is quite shocking, if you ask me. Uh, get a hold of the Boomtown Rats and let them know we're pulling that song. <laughs> Bob Geldof will be pissed. I don't like Wednesdays. Why don't they like Wednesday? Wednesday is the time of the week I get confused about what the hell time of week it is. I think that the professors, believe it or not, subscribe 
Well, they actually think that the, there's something to the hump day theory, but that mm-hmm. people don't see a hump day as a positive, that they see hump day as a negative. That it's like you're in the middle of the week. Why are we here already? Thursday and Friday, you're, you can think about the weekend. Wednesday, it's just Gloomsville. Maybe it is true. Maybe everybody is working for the weekend. And that's, uh, that's, that's what, the What's your worst day of the week? I would say my worst day is Tuesday. You don't like Tuesdays? No. Tuesday just feels like it's a really long, long day. And you're, you're still, I mean, Monday, you expect Monday to be Monday. Tuesday is still part of a long week. How do you have a long day? You only work four hours. <laughs> Davey, what's your worst day of the week? I know it's conventional, but I don't like Mondays. Do you want to shoot the whole day down? No, it's just in every single, every year, every season it's bad. In, in football season, we've had all of our fun. Now there's no fun. There's just, there's not a lot of shit going on Mondays. Uh, Chris Stanley, what's the worst day of the week? Uh, Thursday for me. That's because uh, a lot of bad things seem to have happened to me on Thursdays. You like to say Thirsty Thursdays, though. Oh, you yeah. still going out? getting fucked up. What, what bad has happened to you on Thursdays? I've been arrested uh, multiple times on a Thursday, seems to have happened, and people have died on Thursdays, like friends and family members. Sounds like somebody needs to light a candle for Thor. You, for some reason, Thor is mad at you, and you got to make a deal. Uh, Fez, I think that you used to hate Sundays. You used to get a lot of anxiety on Sunday nights. Yeah, and it would start early. It wouldn't even have to be Sunday night, especially starts cooling off, sun starts going down around 4 or 5 o'clock, boom, it would kick in then. Is that the the kind of back-to-school fears? Yeah. Oh. I, did you have that when you were younger? I used to be petrified on a Sunday evening uh, growing up. Yeah, it would just, it's like, it was almost like Dorothy sitting there watching the sands fall through the hourglass, and the witch was ready. But you used to do good in school. Yeah, but still, it made me a nervous wreck. It always made me nervous that it was back to getting on that bus and going and starting another week of school. I always found something kind of like comfortable about Sunday nights. I think that's when my grandparents used to come over for dinner and shit, and I, I always liked the vibe of a Sunday 6 to 7 o'clock time i always love that time i don't know i always have well now of course you can't have your grandparents over because you're watching football and they're dead yeah but you can't bring people over unless they want to watch the game with you it used to be uh, a more comfortable quiet day now it's football day and i thought people liked that but when the games are over that's when you get weird or even before the games are over um probably as i see uh, it's weird as the clock's winding down on that second game as we get into the second half that's when my weirdness starts and that's why nbc yeah and but that's also why nbc is uh, has brought out this the sunday night football game that doesn't help me uh, my problem with sunday night football is i've already watched two games three games it's just like your fucking 14th donut Right. It's just a little too much. I, I last year, second half of the season, I tried to stay away from one of the day games so that I could I could be juiced up for the Sunday night game because I, I wanted to hear Madden and shit. Mm. And I found that that plan worked. This year, I'm not going to be that strict if it's Collinsworth. Yeah, no Madden this year, right? <laughs> no. What's no. the team now? Just, Collinsworth just, and Matt and, and, and Michael. Just two of them. Yeah, that doesn't seem like yep. anything to me. So uh, Collinsworth has moved out of the studio show, and they've moved Tony Dungy in. Yeah, that's that's gonna be tough. Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy doing that. My Monday night as another ex Buck, Chucky. Yep. Where are we going? The old Buck coaches are just <laughs> yeah. John McKay can't find himself a radio show. 
Who else did Tampa had? Who was some of the best? Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Weiss. Sam Weiss. But who was the really, the guy that only coached there and no one else? Um, uh, Lehman that, Bennett? No, the guy who had a flat top. I forgot about Lehman Bennett. Yeah. He was a Gators coach, right? I think so. I think that's where he came from. He went from Gators to to the Bucks, then back into college. There was Ray Williams who went to Alabama after he left yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, I think was that his name? He's like a flat, like a big head. Yeah, he had like a helmet hair type thing. Ray Williams. And then there was I can never remember this guy. There, it was either Richard Johnson or John Richardson. I think it was oh, Richard Johnson. No, jo- John Richardson was um, an excellent. I can look that up, but wasn't he like an excellent college coach? That went a to lot the of times they were, the Bucks would grab people out of college and would just fail. Yeah, Craig <laughs> Ferguson, host of TV's The Late Late Show, joins SiriusXM's Radio Classics all this week to share his love for old time radio. Hear about uh, Craig's here. favorite shows like Abbott and Costello. One drunk. Radio Classics. Did they just come blowing through on us? <laughs> yeah, we'll and find out. And who was doing their show? Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. We gotta make some changes. I gotta make some fucking changes. It's insane. It is insane. Um, here's uh, Rico in Tampa. Hey, just want to let you guys know that the coach you couldn't remember, Ray Perkins, but also Richard Ray Williamson. Perkins. Uh, okay, Richard that Williamson. was the fucking guy that was driving me nuts. Easy to repress, Richard Williamson. I think he lasted all of one season, probably won at most four games. Uh, all right, eight six six run zero fez. Hey, we are twenty years. Is it to the day? Yes. Joe Boat and Pete Rose kicked out of baseball. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that the lifetime ban was going to stay lifetime. Twenty years now. Twenty years, and I remember. I know, as a little kid, I remember how big of a deal it was on uh, in nineteen eighty nine. Like I remember Peter Jennings and Brokaw leading off with that, mm-hmm. and you was almost like, "Wow, this is a fucking sports story." And it's leading off American news. Like, it was a gigantic thing. Then I remember in the 90s, I was playing uh, the the Dream Week baseball with the Phillies, and Pete came over to the clubhouse, right? He couldn't leave the car. This had nothing to do, really, with Major League Baseball. But it was that their thing. He wasn't even allowed into the field. Somebody said, hey, Pete's out. And they had to run outside and, hey, where are you going to be? We'll come meet you at some restaurant or something. He couldn't even be in the fucking ballpark. He wasn't allowed to go into Major League Ballpark. Now I think he can if he buys a ticket. Yeah, well, in 99, he was allowed in for that, you know, all-time greatest team thing right. that they, and they did. They, they let him in to see his son, but they said, you got to buy your ticket into a minor league park. Yeah. They couldn't let him just come walking in, and he couldn't walk onto the field. That's ridiculous. I didn't even know extended to the minor leagues. Yeah, all any holy shit. Anything that had to do with baseball. Uh, that's unfortunate. And then uh, Mike Schmidt was actually saying that um, with people like Manny Ramirez and A Rod that just kept getting bigger and stronger and are cheating, which is worse, them or Pete? And he's saying, I don't think Pete's penalty fits the crime. Well, you know, with Pete, they also got him like they did Bill Clinton on the lying. Where they said it's one thing that you did it, another that you lied to the commissioner. And it just became very, very personal. 
And even when he came out and he confessed, it was like such a smaller than life thing that I thought that agitated people. Like if he had come out and done like a gigantic press conference and all the news networks were, you know, were following him and he cried and said, I'm sorry. I think he, I think he might be in the Hall of Fame right now. But instead he came out, what was it, like on 60 Minutes? I, I've told you guys a million times, Pete doesn't give a shit about the Hall of Fame. What Pete cares about is getting back into right. baseball. He wants to be a skipper. And if they and they would let him in the Hall of Fame, but they are afraid to let him back in baseball and have him do something again. What they want to do is have him die, put him in the Hall of Fame, and not have to worry about him coming back. Hmm. Have a little asterisk. There was even some talk that they'll temporarily lift a ban on him just for like 24 hours so that the writers can vote him into the Hall of Fame, then go back to banning him. And Joe Morgan's like, that's ridiculous. You, you, you know what's really interesting about Pete, too? Is in, everyone thinks of him as wild, but he was really like a conservative ball player, like even shaving his fucking head in a crew cut yeah. in like '69 and '70, and you know what I mean. He it took him to the late '70s before he let his hair grow out, right? And then he had that floppy hairdo. What what uh, sport you think has the most uh, conservative, most liberal uh, athletes? I would say probably most liberal is probably basketball. And most conservative would be baseball. I think I see football as being a little more conservative because they seem to have God and country, especially the coaches involved in everything. Yeah, I'm gonna shock you. I think baseball is actually quite liberal between guys who, because of the drug use and stuff, I think more guys, you know, maybe smoke some pot and drink some beers, and I think it kind of fosters a more liberal. Uh, see, I'm philosophy. gonna go if we're gonna go liberal. I'm gonna go track and field because they really do feel like. That's such a West Coast thing, yeah. you know, that when it all started off in Oregon and all that kind of shit. The what's-his-face, the blonde dude. Yeah, who, um... what's-his-face, the blonde dude. <laughs> no, but that... that <laughs> World's no. greatest runner. They are... They are uh, what about for hippies? you, Hicks? Most conservative sport, most liberal sport? I'd say most liberal would be soccer, since it's a wide range of guys Inter with different... International? Culture. Yeah. Mm. And most conservative? Baseball. I, I see baseball being most conservative. I, I don't think so. I don't so. think you guys follow professional football at all. Professional football is so much more conservative. Baseball is also kind of lax. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't say baseball. I would say that the most conservative, if you have to, is the PGA. Because fucking, if, I think even Tiger was fucking voting for Bush. Uh, Scott, because they're all country club guys. <laughs> right. Scott in New York. Hey, buddy, I was going to say, NASCAR is probably one of the most conservative. Yeah, but we're talking about sport. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. NASCAR is definitely conservative. NASCAR is the country music of sport. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're very Southern, and so, so Republican conservatives tend to be like that. And also very Jesus-y. There's yeah. a lot of Jesus out there. What would you think uh, bowling would be? Bowling, I think, is hand, is the WWE because <laughs> they were doing those crutch uh, shots. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Weber. Let's go to uh, uh, Nathan. Nathan, you're in Wyoming. You want to run a fez? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys the name of the guy in Oregon, the blonde guy. It's uh, Prefontaine. Yeah, right. Oh, Steve Prefontaine? That's who you were talking That's about? That's what I meant. Yeah. They... I never even <laughs> thought of him as that blonde. I thought he had brown hair. Remember all of a sudden there was like three movies about yeah. yeah. Fontaine? I like the Billy Crudup one. I didn't watch any of them. Oh, they were good. I can't watch a movie about a guy running around a track. 
Um, my, I think I could probably watch a movie about a sprinter, but any kind of long distance running, it's like, come on, I'm exhausted. My brother had all the movies and a documentary. Rockumentary. Uh, it was, well, okay. I guess it was a rockumentary. Would on, you ever call uh, a documentary about crocu- uh, crocodiles a crocumentary? I could go with that. Not I unless think there's it, enough of them. Yeah, if, unless it was, if it was satirical, I'd call it a crocumentary. Like if they were making fun of the alligators? What if it was about uh, Elton John and they called it the Crocodile Rockin' Crocumentary? <laughs> or what if it was about the founder of uh, McDonald's, Ray Kroc? Thank you. Hold that picture. What color is his hair? Um, dirty blonde? That's fucking brown hair. <laughs> that is a brunette person. Thank you. I never used the name. This is a, never used the name br- a brunette for a man. Oh, really? <laughs> never would. I'd say he has brown hair. A woman, she's a brunette. A guy has brown hair. I like it because it's just so all-encompassing. You're not even, you don't even have to deal with shades. It's, well, what color it, is your hair? My hair is brunette. Say, I wouldn't say that about a man. Hicks is a brunette deal? Yeah. And his hair is darker than mine. But, but, you can, but you can, you know, it's all-encompassing. You can't go wrong with it. Here's the three, uh, or Jared Leto's on the left. Billy Crudup was on the right, and the real guy was on the, is in the middle. Right, what about we do this? We get a half OZ, a hash, and we sit down, we watch all the pre print things. <laughs> I'd love to. You know what? Let's They're do this. I, I changed my mind. Let's just get a half ounce of hash. Just sit fucking around for a while. <laughs> fucking pack that bowl. I'd be into that. It's sad you don't see as much hash as you used to. Uh, John, you're in Fez. Hey, guys, uh, hockey has to be among the most hip, uh, liberal. Danny Heatley of the Ottawa Senators, he killed his buddy and teammate in a car accident and then was forced to play the next season, even though he didn't want to. I don't see how that is being uh, liberal. <laughs> um, the Cowboys' uh, new stadium, Fezzi, it's supposed to be the greatest stadium in the history of the world. They're going to have a video screen on the roof. The punter has already hit the fucking video screen. This cracks me up when it's these big-name franchises, these so-called America's teams, and they can't even put a stadium together correctly. It's an over-billion-dollar stadium. Yeah. It's supposed to be the greatest stadium in the history of the world. They just put the video screen down too low, I guess. Uh, how do you make that ha- I mean, how do you make that mistake, though? It's like Yankee Stadium when they didn't measure right. Now, all of a sudden, all the home runs are going out of the thing. I'm sorry. Did you take a look who's in first place? The Yankees. Yeah, so then it would be a good thing. And that's actually really calmed down lately for some reason, and people believe, you know what it probably was? The people Yankees pitching. Up. Yeah. Sucks. So this is another way of making Fez look like an idiot. No, I'm just saying that I, I is hope... Is there anything wrong about the stadium? Is it a bad stadium? The Cowboys stadium? No, Fuck Yankees. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with Yankee Stadium. I still haven't went to a game. My parents went to a game and said uh, the, the the fans were lacking juice, lacking some passion. That's what happens when you make it too fucking expensive. But they also were in a two-hour rain delay, and it was also April. Can I bring this up, though? Watch the old fucking Bronx Zoo stuff. The Bronx is burning. Those fans, they're every ethnic group, and they were fucking apeshit crazy in those days. And that's because fucking fans could go to the game. Now you've got to have a deal with Coca-Cola. Yeah, but a lot of the uh, corporate people buy tickets early in the season, you know, just because that's the end thing to do. So now I think the fans have gotten back, and uh, the, the the fans seem to be real people. I'm going to go over and check out the fucking thing after they clinch. I want to make sure it isn't madness when I get in there. Yeah. I just want to be able to sit down. Is this the punt that hit? 
Uh, Tabloids punt hits. But I, yeah. I'm sorry, yes, but yes. that fucking ceiling looks incredibly high to me. He hit it. Look at him. They'll show it again. They don't even show the top of it, though. Yeah, I know. This was one sick fucking punt. I mean, that would look like it would be triple deck. Yeah, so it's, uh, it hangs down four sides so everyone can watch the big screen in the middle there of the is. TV. I mean, in the middle of the field. Yeah, it hits. I don't understand what you mean. I thought it was on the roof. Yeah, it hangs, it like hangs down from the ceiling, I guess. Yeah, it hangs down from the ceiling. In the middle of the field. Yeah, that's the way a lot of these videos of scoreboards yeah, are. And, and there's it, nothing it, new. For some reason, I thought the ceiling was done in that fashion. That's a sick fucking punt, though. And it hit the bottom of the uh, video board. So what's the call on that? I don't know. What, what did the Astrodome used to call? I would say that's out of bounds. <laughs> that's fucking out of bounds. There's all kind of different rules. I mean, in Tampa Bay, if you hit one of the cat catwalks, it's an automatic home run. Yeah, I would agree with that. But in some other rules, like if you hit the top of the Astrodome, it was just play it. Play it where it lands. Yeah, somebody uh, back in the old days hit like a fucking speaker at the top. Yeah, um, I know Mickey Mantle in the exhibition game hit the uh, roof of the Astrodome. With this punt, Jeff Fisher tried to challenge it, and none of the uh, all the refs said they didn't see it hit the, uh, the Jumbotron. And they also told him that a punt hitting a Jumbotron isn't a challengeable uh, call. What is the call then? So I think they just, I think they you went ahead play. and let it stay. I have no problem with that. Let it stand. Let it fucking play. Then you're turning into arena league football. Turning into, what is that? <laughs> uh, here is uh, Ryan. Ryan, you're on the run of first show. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Yeah. I just think it's funny that uh, Jerry Jones is going to move it for, he's going to move the, the big, big screen for Bono when they, when they play there in, in October, but he won't do it for Goodell because he's still pissed off that the, the Cowboys. Uh, or like three quarters of the revenue that comes in for the for the NFL, so he's pissed off at the NFL that he doesn't get more money than the other teams. But uh, okay. I I, don't... I honestly don't understand that either. And he's building the billion dollar stadium. Yeah, exactly. But Bono's okay. They'll move it for Bono. Um, here is uh, Matt. Sure. Matt, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, they went and uh, were talking about it, and uh, the Cowboys went to the NFL and got the league you know, requirement for any kind of interference, took it to the engineering firm and, and used that number that the NFL gave them. Um, I got a feeling, just like you said, that, that kicker was trying to make a point and said fuck it and went and just did a sick punt to, to start the controversy off. Yeah, because there's no way that that's a fucking punt in an NFL game. <laughs> You're trying to hit the top of something. What is in your best interest? A fucking laying a punt up that high. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> because it probably would have gone like 15 yards. Uh, Brandon in Texas. Brandon. Yes, sir. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, I was at that game, and uh, that punt fucking sucked. Like, it was straight up. It was not going anywhere. And uh, it came really close, but I don't think it actually hit the scoreboard. It did. Um, but uh, that stadium is probably the most expensive stadium I've ever been in, and I've it fucking sucks. It blows? No, the stadium's awesome, but being there and having to pay for, like, $8 for a fucking beer and all the food is $8 and above, like, it fucking sucks. All right. Uh, yeah, this is where you are in the world now. You uh, show up at a game, and it's like being in a fine restaurant with really bad food. 
And lots and lots of, like, frat boy types. I mean, th- th- this new stadium has one section. I think it's like ten to 20,000 people can just stand that they're calling the party zone. So they're basically saying, here, come drink your fucking face off and stand around and, you know, do, talk, do everything but watch the football game. Talk about work. Talk about where your vacation in Cabo when that's all going down. Anything but sit there and watch a fucking ball game. Yeah. The party zone. Like, you can't have a section in a professional stadium. It's a really good section. You can't see the game at all from there. <laughs> well, Fez, you guys invented it with your stupid pirate ship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's face it. <laughs> Who would go sit in a pirate ship? A child. And anytime you talk to anybody about the Bucks game, we were in a pirate ship. We get so fucked up. The chicks were amazing. Yeah? How'd the Bucks do? I think they lost. I'm not sure. No. Does the pirate boat actually have seats, or is it like benches where you can like? It has fucking oars. You're gonna sit there <laughs> and fucking and row like they, an idiot. They put you to work. You gotta fire off the cannons and shoot beads out and throw beads and everything off of that thing. The, you st- are you standing there? Or you got seats. Um, I I, I only see a lot of people standing. Yeah, I only see people standing. I mean, I think you could probably sit inside it, but uh, on what? the on the decks. And then do what? Look out the windows? Yeah. And if you're one of the people running the cannons. I'm not, obviously, the fucking people there aren't running the cannons. <laughs> right, the fans. There are fans in the fucking pirate boat, right? Right, yeah. Are they sitting down or standing up? They're standing. What is the purpose? <laughs> to be standing in a boat that's not even on water. If you're going like this, you know, if we got rid of this boat, we could have a lot of fucking great seats here. Yeah, a boat stationary on grass is just basically you standing on grass. It ceases to be a boat. Uh, here's Tony in Brooklyn. Hey, how about the Arizona Diamondbacks have like a swimming pool in the stadium that you can go swimming in? How ridiculous is this? That was awful, and that was Buck Showalter's idea for whatever reason. Uh, Buck Showboater is more like <laughs> it, you motherfucker. They let him design the stadium. Two years later, they fired his ass. <laughs> Kind of short thinking. What are you designing on a fucking bar napkin? <laughs> uh, let's go over here to uh, Robert. Robert in Salt Lake. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fez. Um, during the pregame, that uh, punter hit the scoreboard four times in a row. Jerry Jones just standing there watching him. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy knew he was going to fucking do it. Yep. Yeah, he knew it. Yeah. Jerry Jones is going, you fucking dick. You realize <laughs> I can have your dumb punting ass killed? And I guarantee you, here's the thing. Uh, this isn't a decision the punter makes. The head coach is telling oh, yeah. him, let's fucking get in their heads a little bit. Keep hitting the top of that motherfucker. Jeff Fisher's laughing his ass off. Uh, we are on our way to uh, autumn. It's uh, all coming in. Fezzi, I could feel it this morning coming in. Yes, it was warm out there. But underneath, a little bit of a chill. Of the next season. Autumn, your favorite time of the year? Absolutely my favorite time. I love it. I love that cool breeze. It's so refreshing, and you got football. Uh, Davey Mack, what are you looking forward to? I'm, I like the smell, mostly. That's what I look forward to. Smell it, of autumn? The smell s- of the things dying? I think there's a smell there that is... The other three seasons just don't have. There's an actual smell to autumn. Right. But whether it's the leaves or whatnot, or there's also the burning of the leaves. I fucking am addicted to that. But this is what gets the uh, fucking idiots 
they start there. I'm being depressed. The days are getting shorter, and I have light illness. Oh no, it's the best. Yeah, I like it because it's when it's when hot food really starts feeling good. Like if you're having something hot during the summer, you're just sweating it out. But uh, a bowl of chili or a hot bowl of soup, oh my gosh, that's perfect. Well, you don't eat non-seasonal foods, do you? You're not going to eat hot soup during the summer at all, are you? No, but there's a, just that warm feeling that when it's finally time to do that, yeah. it's very comforting. Yeah, you don't want a warm feeling during the summer. No. Never a good idea. Well, so the TV shows are coming back, so that's like that fall. Is there anything, dude? I yes. mean, I understand years ago when we had a TV guide, people being excited. Flash forward. What's this about? That's uh, everyone in the world has blacked out for two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. Keep me updated on that. Joseph Fiennes. You know, at least they're getting a decent actor. All right, you're going to bring me the Kill Bills tomorrow, right? I already and told bring, my wife to get I'm going to bring you uh, the movies that I owe you. Yeah. I got your uh, David Lynch series. Twin Peaks. And something. I still haven't watched it. Right. I understand. Yeah. I gave you, um, I believe, uh, uh, Mr. Show, starring the great Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Yeah. Uh, since I don't understand booking anymore, uh, we'll just disregard that. Because okay. I wanted to get both those guys in for an unmask, oh. but the unmask thing is fucking turned sideways and sinking down. I got to get some. We got to get a hold of who was the guy we had produced it last year. That was Kenny. He cared. Kenny. K e n n y, k, a r e. Kenny cares is what I like to call him. Uh, and he would keep up on the booking and, and wanted the show to be a success. Uh, Hicks. You an autumn guy or no? I'm more of a spring guy. Really? Yeah. Spring ahead, fall backwards. No, definitely. Hmm. It's like the the Red Sox. The the problem with autumn is it gets closer and closer to Christmas. It's a very nice thing, but you know you're sliding into fucking Christmas with it. That's fine because that actually gives one more positive thing about autumn is hey, right around the corner is Christmas. Are you gonna have look, Mister Ninety Eight Bucks? Are you gonna have fucking stuff for your kids this year? Figure something out. Or are you fucking lifting Fez's Christmas money directly out of his account? I wonder why no. he's laughing at that, Fez. Yeah, I don't understand it. I haven't laughed about it all day. I'm not Here's, I'm going to give everybody updates. Fez, you came in today. You were next to yourself. You were freaked out. Somebody's broken into your accounts. Yep. Um, I got an email sent to me. Uh, Jennifer from the What Show. Uh, no, the Whatever Show is doing the same thing. She's got the same problem. Wow. Really? Yeah. Um, and she's got serious security working for her. Uh, now, you accuse Dave or the team Dave. Right. But my, my path of thinking was, is this someone that is a big fan of Dave, Dave knows, or is one of Dave's friends? You took that personally. Yes, I did. I would never steal from anyone, especially coworkers. And even when you said it wasn't your wife, you felt, uh, you're, you doing it, you felt like your wife was being accused. Correct. At that point, Fred from Brooklyn called in, who you also said has been uh, harassing your wife. I believe so. He's been doing broad uh, podcasts and whatnot. And what's hey. he been saying? Fat, con, bitch, slut. None of those things are true. Uh, and he blames it on people hiding behind an anonymity. The interesting thing is, I don't know whether you saw this, remember we, uh, the woman that was called a skank on a blog uh, went to Google, 
Google gave him the person's name, right? Right, yeah. The person who got outed by Google, who did this, who was somebody that the woman knew, is now suing Google for $15 million, saying, I have the right to be anonymous in a blog. Not if it was ruled by the court, though. He can't sue Google. Yeah, you, you, that, there's the tough thing. Google just didn't get a phone call right. and hand it out. The courts came to him. Yeah, I don't think he has much of a case. I mean, they'll just say, look. Here was the other thing, too. They came up with all different kinds of words that got used. But skank is the only one that we heard of. Why is skank the worst thing that you can call? Um, I When I say skank, what do you picture? I th- I think of like uh, like a drunk lady in the gutter who's just um, opening her legs to get money for booze. That's <laughs> that is real. <laughs> you just wouldn't stop. You think you yourself out of it, could you? Once I was in the gutter, I was yeah. stuck there. Uh, Davy Mac, what do you think of dirty skank? pussy? Dirty keep, pussy. Keep it simple. Uh, Let's go over to Chris Daly. Drunk, like, coked up slut looking for dick. It's very interesting with skank. We A skank is almost, and it's not a whore, uh, to disagree a little bit with you, Fez, because mm-hmm. that you would fall into the whore thing, but a skank is someone who is ugly, probably either on alcohol or drugs, when you say skank, yeah. and then also is... Fucking people who are hideous. You know what I mean? So you would be fucking the worst kind of guy. Right. Makes you a skank. And I don't even think you're doing that for, for, for money. That would drive you into whoredom. A skank is too stupid to get money. But she's like, that ugly skank, did you hear who she fucked? Or, I'm so mad at him, he fucked that skank. Am I saying you fucked a skank? That's like... You fucked a woman who's fucked scumbags. Right. And I think she's irritating, too. She's loud. She's shrill. She's something. There's something annoying about her. So if Stalker Patty got drunk (laughs) and had that annoying voice and then fucked, let's say, crazed or somebody like that. She'd definitely be a skank at that point. Definitely. Interesting. So skank is really low down. Yeah, it's pretty well. It's pretty well down there. Uh, here's what you do have the right to be anonymous, but you can't stay anonymous if you break a law, and the law would be, I guess, you can't be harassing to somebody like Dave is talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Dave, if you're having a problem with um, fake Twitter people, yes, and they're pretending to be you and your wife, and you accuse Dave, uh, you accuse Fred from Brooklyn. Fred says you're crazy. Why wouldn't you go to Twitter? I have. Cite this fucking case and say, I demand to know who it is. I have several, several times. And Twitter will, like, kill, like, the um, thing, um, the name, and then someone will bring it up again. Like, and then it'll be like, you know, just there'll be underscores mm-hmm. instead. Or there'll be one at the end of the name. But there's a name then pops up. That's a, Is there a name, Eastside Dave Shit Shit Fart? <laughs> no. Because I would look out for that. Because I would think fart, fart, shit would make more sense. Right. AshleyMadison.com, when you are looking for something skank. outside of your marriage. Like a skank. Well, if, it, if that's what you're looking for, AshleyMadison.com is going to try to help you find the perfect match for you. Why wouldn't you say to yourself, I just want to find myself a skank. I'm going to go on Ashley Madison. This is a girl who's willing 
to be open. And I know Hicks remembers this. Oh, when you're going out skanking a little bit, when you're enjoying yourself <laughs> doing that crazy dance, that short-lived dance to skank. Over 4 million members on... 4 billion. 4 million members on AshleyMadison.com. And you will find what you're looking for, or they will guarantee you get your money back. It's an affair to remember guaranteed. It's 100% secure, completely anonymous, and you're going to find what you're looking for there at AshleyMadison.com. If in these economic times you can't afford a divorce... Go to AshleyMadison.com if you're not getting what you want in your marriage. Go find what you're looking for there. There's plenty to choose from. I'd look for a skank, but that's me. I'd get out there, and I just would go, single white male, looking for a skank. There's an interesting thing. You never hear the word skank ever applied to black chicks. It's only a white girl could be a skank. You never hear she's an Asian skank. She's a uh, Puerto Rican skank. Never happens. White girl can be a skank. Yeah, that's true. They have because they have, white people have stringy hair. White people have stringy hair. Plenty of women to choose from on AshleyMadison.com. Every and 60, four billion is a lot. Four million. Every sixty seconds, another woman joins Ashley Madison. Sign up today and sleep with someone else's wife tonight. All right, I'm I'm hearing some people are saying, no, there are Puerto Rican skinks. Puerto Rico, congratulations, you just made it into white people. It's happened. <laughs> Ashley Madison. Just like it did for the Italians, it's now happening for the Puerto Ricans. AshleyMadison.com. Life is short. Have an affair. So, let's agree to the things that you got to be to a skank. A, you got to be white. Yes. B, you got to be an unattractive woman. Uh, C, having sex with unattractive, skeevy, dirty men. Right. Uh, annoying voice and a drinker and or drug user. Bad hair. Definitely drugs. And you're you're just bad hair is big for you. Yeah. Bad hair, bad complexion, bad skin. Uh, marks. Some some yeah. bad uh, acne. Okay, so your shower you can't shower up and be a skin. <laughs> Clothes that don't fit also. They're are always very oddly put on her. I would like a little bit of like neon fucking stuff on the shirt. <laughs> Something that just says sexy. Bad smelling uh, perfume as well. Hmm. Maybe a deformity on one of her hands. Lily in Florida. Um, yeah, I don't do drugs and I don't drink, but I do have a femme stash, a female mustache. Does that make me a skank? Sounds like you're skanky. Yeah. You're on your way. You're skanky in our gang. You know, you can't have a mustache and you can't have sideburns either. Oh, hold on, this is going to be interesting. Jerry from Mars sent me a picture. And it's me, Fez, and David Berkowitz all together. Nice. The son of Sam shit killer. <laughs> I don't remember taking that photo. All right, the challenge is on. If you can steal another check from Fez... You get into our big-ass prize closet and picked up a signed T-shirt. Probably not the best contest to have. Because when they come here to get their T-shirt, I'm going to slap the cuffs on them. Nice. Or on her, as you may believe. Uh, I was already supposed to have a sit-down this week with Fred. You want to be on it, Dave? Sure, yes. Can we do something until then? 
Yeah. We leave Fred alone? Yes. Can there be a ceasefire? Yes. I know all the sit-downs Fred seems to be a part of. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys in Skanks tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow is uh, Check Kite and Tuesdays. This person will be caught. I just want them to know that. Why don't you do this? Let's save time. Just hand your cash to Dave. I could use it. Glad it's funny. As if Russ did. Uh, that yeah, uh, Dubai show, dong. We're done. The worst of Opie and Anthony is up next. Hoorah! On the virus, XM202, Sirius 197. Sit back and enjoy goodness.